0: Hey, partner, what do you think you're doing in my saloon? I don't remember inviting you, but if you're here, you might as well stick around and watch this episode with my good pal, Maggie. We talk about our favorite things and just how much fun we have talking about them. It's just, well, that's just the darndest shit I ever done seen. Stick around, tell me what you think, pal. All right, so our portion of the video We did a regular interview in segments, so we couldn't do a whole full discussion on it like every other video I've either done or we're going to do. So I thought it'd be best if we could get a full-on conversation out of you and me so we can show that too instead of just, here's this question and this one and this one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's more fun. Yeah, well, this is my buddy Mike. (laughs) Mike and I have been friends since seven seven or eight yeah i would third say it's
1: probably around third grade i
0: think yeah so third, third grade so the conversations that we were having was about you know adaptations live action animated anything for like comic book characters because that's whether you like it or not the biggest thing that's going on right now for when it comes to comic characters yes. you know i was having a discussion with so many other guys it's like you know when we were kids If you wanted to get to know a character, you probably either saw a toy in Toys R Us or like you watched it on a cartoon, and it's like now if people our age wanted the exposure to characters, you're you almost have to see them on like a live action TV show.
1: I mean, it's what what even is exposure at this point as far as comic book properties are concerned, considering that it's literally everything right now. Yeah, Uh, we, we just had we just had Zack Snyder's Justice League launch on HBO Max, four hour long epic. Uh, superhero film, and on the same exact day or the day after, we had a, f- a TV show about Falcon and Winter Soldier premiere. Like, it's yeah, everywhere.
0: but I mean, the biggest thing is, it's like, I mean, with Justice League, especially, it's like most of those characters aren't new, though. You know, I feel like most oh, yeah. audiences will know at least four to five of those names. Probably not, I mean, even Cyborg's pretty popular because of the cartoon for Teen Titans,
1: yeah, it's like a new they, generation. They, they picked a recognizable lineup of of um characters and i think that's to their advantage just based on the fact that you don't really need much introduction
0: yeah and i think when i say exposure it's like if you're a comic book fan you could still have a ton of characters you're like i want them to be on a movie i want them to be on a tv show and even without bias it's like when we grew up we had the teen titans cartoon you know that is most people's introduction to the characters of beast boy cyborg starfire and raven that are you know under the age of 30, I'd say. Most people wouldn't have another access to that unless they read the comics, which most people of the general public don't have that access or didn't care about. But like now, especially Cyborg is gonna be a household name, especially with him having a more prominent role in Justice League. But it's just funny, like, say you are like, I like this character and you wanna say, how do I show this to more of a general audience? You really gotta hope it isn't gonna be in a TV show or in a movie. You know, you can't just say, like, oh, maybe I hope it's going to be in a toy line or, like, I hope it's going to be in a cartoon. Like, as many cartoon films as DC does, and Marvel doesn't even do that anymore. Like, having... I tried.
1: Yeah. It didn't work.
0: Like, having, like, those characters be brought over to animation, it's a lot rarer than you'd think it would be. So, yeah. I mean, at least comparative to how it used to be. But, you know, in the past few generations, you know, the idea of marketing to kids being you know, cartoons and toys that's, it's died, you know? Yeah. I mean, people still watch cartoons, um, but but it's not a marketing as much.
1: Oh yeah, of course. And also when you're seeing animated shows coming out for comic book properties, it's something that is, it's, it markets itself, something like a a new Batman animated show or a new Superman related animated show or Justice League or Avengers. They've had two Avengers uh, cartoons in the past five years or something. Spider-Man cartoons and shit like that. Like, it, there's, there's, it's always a character that you know. You're not gonna get a a, a TV show about the Red
0: Tornado, like it's not gonna happen because
1: no one cares. He might show up
0: somewhere. But, I, it's so like it's pretty ironic because that's a character that was pretty prominent on Young Justice.
1: Yeah, but you're not. I mean, you're not gonna get a show. Yeah, yeah, up I agree. Him. Or or plastic uh, Plastic Man. He had a short for a while. Yeah. For, um, so Cartoon Network. You never, I guess you never know, but. You're, you're not going to get shows shows about, you know, like the Adam and all these, like, these, like smaller yeah. characters. Um, so they just market themselves. That's why they, they still make those cartoons. But it's not like back in the day when you'd see deep cut characters show up on shows.
0: Yeah. I mean, even when you have them, like, even when we were younger, it's like, when they made Justice League Unlimited, it was an easy way to showcase names and bring in more characters. They didn't even have to have a lot of screen time, but it's like, You can have a character show up for an episode and they're like, great, we can sell that toy. You get a decent idea of a, like, just even a characteristic of that character or a design that sticks in your mind. You know, I know a lot of people that don't know much about comics, but if they're fans of the cartoons, like, they know the design of Vigilante in um, uh, in the cartoon for Justice League Unlimited. And it's like, oh, cool, I remember having that toy or whatever, because it's like the Western. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. Wow. I remember back. I remember back when I watched um, the first Justice League
1: cartoon. I had a DVD where it came with a couple of episodes, and one of them was the episode where um, John Stewart's on trial. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, brightest and, day. I think it is, or do they call it blackest night? I think it was, it was just called brightest day. Um, but um, you know, you're, that's where I, I, I first learned about like the Manhunters, and basically a, a, a lot of stuff about green lantern that i know and also there, that was like that was doubled up like in that episode was the first time i ever saw dead shot as a character
0: um that's a super great iconic. introduction too yeah
1: because yeah, he's great um yeah. and, and pretty on, on point as far as characteristics are concerned so that that's the thing that's a kind of fun thing about those shows is that there's characters in the shows i probably for a while would not have known
0: about until yeah i watched that show i think Young Justice does a pretty good job of bringing those characters over or at least bringing characters that are not as popular over but giving some screen time to but that show like there we had the third season come out but even then it was cancelled because they didn't market it very properly like it was marketed as a Saturday morning cartoon but most of the audience that you could see was 11 to 17 year olds and nobody's gonna be that age and be like oh damn I gotta wake up Saturday morning for Young Justice I don't care like I yeah. remember I tried it and I missed every single time. And it's like, uh-oh, high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was it was a weird show to have at that time slot. Yeah. It, it didn't work out. And even now, it's like well, it's third season. Service. Yeah, but even with the, the streaming service, it's like you don't get as much exposure to other characters as when you do. It's, it's nothing really all that special. And it's not the same amount. Like, even for Justice League Unlimited, if you had five seconds of screen time for a character... They still have the toy line you know what i mean like yeah you can go out and buy the toy and you're if you're a kid you're like i'll just make up my idea of what i think this character does or I- how i think he is and that's enough for a kid to get him going imagination is yeah. powerful and we don't really have that usefulness unless they're going to be in like oh i'm going to bring this character over into this show or whatever but depending on how you feel about certain properties and if you're fond of that character. That could be a good or bad thing when you and i were in high school when arrow started we were excited like oh, i can't wait for this character to get brought over you know it's so cool i remember because i'm a big Nightwing guy it's like they mentioned bloodhaven like the first or second season a lot and i'm like oh they might bring him in and then oh, as they the go sh- to bloodhaven like
1: in the yeah. first season i think they, go, they actually show up in bloodhaven
0: yeah and as it goes on and on and on and you get deeper in, you're like I think but I would I cry they don't. If, if they showed him. I think it would really upset me. Like I might have to book a therapy session. And it's yeah. like you get these adaptations. And like, if you're really fond of the character, you really have to get good at disassociating. And, yeah. you know.
1: Otherwise, with a lot of these adaptations, you're just not going to enjoy yourself at all. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's really what's most important um, is, is entertaining. Is being entertaining and stuff and um, there was definitely a portion of time because I knew I knew arrow was gonna come up there's definitely a portion of time where I uh, there was a lot of anger I held towards towards that show in that universe you know like at the beginning like you and I talked about this all the time I wouldn't even be the comic fan I am without arrow so I have a a, a very very limited scope of respect for the show because I would have never started reading green arrow without it yeah um,
0: everyone has and to
1: start somewhere no matter what it is. Yeah, and same with The Flash and stuff. But, um, hell, I was, I was really excited when they they, they said they were going to put in Superman, and then he was not good, and they had to create his own show to fix him. And now they actually have me watching a CW
0: show again. So, they're good enough, I guess. Yeah, and, like, I wouldn't say that, like, anybody who likes these shows is, like, has a lesser opinion or whatever, because it's, like... No. It's no surprise I do not like a majority, if not nearly every single one of these shows... But they usually have a strong start that gets you excited. And then you get into it and then you get let down because it just doesn't follow through. And they have an outdated format of television. Nobody does Monster of the Week anymore. It's not 2003. Like, even Smallville tried to progress past that at some point. Sure, it was like seven or eight seasons, but yeah. you get sick of it at the end of the day. And then you get a new TV show and it's like, Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week. And it's like, I'm sorry. I'm a full grown adult in the year 2021 and you're giving me a monster of the week. Nobody else does television like that. The closest thing you get is those cop format shows where it's the same single episode every day, but there's a reason you can do that. Those shows can be rinse and repeat because you don't need a through line. But if you're doing a show and you're developing it for a season, there needs to be a point A and a point B. You have to have a finish. And that's the problem with the shows. It's like you and I both know, when they structure the episodes and film them they do it like four to five episodes at a time they don't have yeah. everything set in stone like oh we're all good and you can tell that's why characters will go through arcs in four to five episodes and then they won't and i'm sure a majority of that comes down to the fact that they don't have writers that are talking to each other and being like hey this is what's gonna happen here and then we're gonna do that here it's more like all right I have fun. I'm passing the torch off to. Oh no, you don't have to read it. No, it's cool. Have fun. Yeah, it's your turn.
1: Well, it also it often feels like because like I don't know what goes on in those writers' rooms. I know they usually most shows have them, but um, it's funny watching the shows because it's like I bet you they probably know where they're gonna start the season and how they're gonna end the season. And there's like one or two plot lines in the middle of it, and then they say, "Okay, well that's." four or five episodes of television. So you guys make up the rest of the 22 episode season. Yeah. And that's why you get episodes that are inconsequential. Yeah. And, and ones that um, you, you think, you know, some shows use monster of the week show episodes to at least progress characters forward. But oftentimes in these shows, it feels like they use these monster of the week episodes to fill time. And that's about it. So, you know, the, sh- the season should be probably 10 episodes at most. And they're like, well, we have uh, we, we have syndic we want to have syndication and, and we want to uh, elongate the ad revenue we're gonna get from each episode. So we're gonna
0: make twenty two of them and we're just gonna create bullshit stories each couple episodes. Yeah. The big thing is that we know the reason why. You know, we're not over here like, Why is this going on or why do they format like what's it's like we get it, you know, it's a business and they're trying to make money on it. But it's just, I'm all for making money and doing what you got to do, but it shouldn't stunt your creativity. It shouldn't feel like you know why they're doing this, and then things take a backseat, and then everything else just goes out the window. And like I said before, if people like these shows, and they, and, and it's their gateway into getting into characters, like that's awesome. Especially with, like, we're getting more of these type of television shows than ever. And they're not all like the CW where you're getting 22 episodes, some of them are shorter season through lines where there's not a whole lot of filler and the filler that is there is important. Like you get shows Something like-
1: Some the DCU shows.
0: Yeah, like you get shows like Doom Patrol. You get shows like the Netflix shows for Marvel. You get like Daredevil, Punisher, Iron Fist. You get a whole bunch of different variety with these things. And it's like, it's nice. It's nice to feel like you're getting possibilities and some of these shows are taking chances. But at the same time, how often do you feel like getting let down not just based on the character you like but just like the quality of what they're giving you like you feel like because first and foremost when it comes down to things you're a filmmaker or like you're a movie fan or a fan of cinema before comics and when it comes to comic properties i don't give a fuck about the characters as long as i'm watching something exciting to an extent like i hate titans i hate their interpretation of dick grayson Not because it's not my Dick Grayson, but because he sucks. A bad character. He's a very bad character. And like the things he does are ridiculous based on any human being or just any superhero human being. He is not someone who you should follow because he will lead you in the wrong direction. So that's why I can't stand that character. But if he was different from my character, but still an entertaining character to watch, I could get invested. I could have fun. I could say, you know, I don't I don't love what they do with the character, but I like the show. I like the first season of Arrow, and, you know, it's been a long time since we've watched it, especially oh, me. It, hasn't, it actually hasn't been that long since I've watched it, honestly. Um, well, it's been, like, you stopped at Season 6, didn't you, or 7? Going, uh, I
1: literally think I have the finale of Season 6 left, and I just don't care to finish it. I tell you, point. that's
0: what I was like with the boys, because I was just, just so don't annoyed shit. with it. Like, what? Like, but- well, it's like the, it, it,
1: I, I, I I hesitate to say that Arrow season six is great, but it's not bad. It's just that it's one of those shows where like I just feel like every season I'm gonna get interested and they're gonna do something I'm gonna hate or just so be let just down. Like, yeah, it, it's just whiplash. Yeah. It's just constantly going back and forth between yeah. having fun and then not having fun, having fun and then not having fun. Yeah. When they have bringing characters from the comics and then do a really bad job with them. Well, th- that's the thing. It's
0: like I'll definitely say some. Some Marvel films are worse than Batman versus Superman, but I'll always dislike BVS more because it was disappointing. It's not a worse film, but like, I don't, I can walk out of a Marvel, like I walked out of Age of Ultron and I said, that sucked, man. Like everything about that was just disappointing, but I wasn't super excited going into, I was like, okay, this could be cool, but there's ideas. Hawkeye is great, but I walked out saying, I don't like a whole lot of that. But with BVS, we were like, this has Batman and Superman in the title. There's no way it can't make a billion dollars. And Wonder Woman in the trailer. Yeah, there's no way it can't make a billion dollars. And it's like, oh yeah, it can. It could just be not that great of a movie. And I'll never forget, like, when we walked out of the theater, you and I looked at each other, and like, it was that face you make when you're like, really let down, but you want to be happy, and you can't do it. It's like... It's like you're playing a game, and it's your final game of, like, baseball. And if you win, you make the playoffs, and you just got destroyed. Like, you just didn't even get close. And you look at your friends like, there's always next year. That's what that movie was. That movie is the embodiment of there's always next year.
1: Yeah, it it was – I mean, I I always say it online um, whenever anybody brings up most disappointing movies – and now it's a contest between that and, and probably The Rise of Skywalker. But I would probably, I possibly might still give the edge to See, I think Rise of Skywalker is way worse a film, but I was way more let down by BBS.
0: Yeah, um, that's the thing. I, I, I detest Rise of Skywalker. and It's just a bad movie, straight up. Like, on. I'm not the type of person to Sorry. shit on new Star Wars films. You know, you and I have talked, we, we both really do like episode um, seven a lot. I like literally
1: all of the Disney Star Wars movies so far, except for that one. So yeah, and it's not I, because I, don't I really like, like Last Wars.
0: Jedi. I, I think people get heated about it, but whatever. I even, like, just, I even like Solo. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I had a good
1: time. It's, it's one of those movies where it, it is the definition of like just disposable entertainment. I don't there's like Rogue One that much. As, I, as I, I, I don't. I, I, I think the last Rogue act is ages. great. I haven't oh, seen dude, Rogue One in a long dude, time.
0: There's, there's not a lot of movies I go to a theater and I actually fall asleep. And, like, I watched Rogue One, I fell asleep through at least 40 minutes. And then I was like, oh, what did I miss? And like, what what did, what would what you see? And I list everything, and they're like, I don't think you missed anything, because they couldn't fucking remember. Like...
1: I remember, because uh, uh, you were you were there when I saw it, and I didn't
0: know. Dude, the funniest um... thing is that that was a movie I wanted to see, and I fell asleep. And I compare it to, like, I remember when my friends were like, oh, let's go see Dawn of the Planet of the Eps. I'm like, I'm gonna go find, no fucking monkeys fucking apes, yeah. <laughs> okay, but no motherfucking monkeys and stupid ass ooh, 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 ooh. like who cares <laughs> like i it's funny like i've watched a lot of the apes movies now and i like a lot of them but at the time i was like i don't fucking care dude like i was really tired that day exhausted and we go to see the movie i fucking barely blinked <laughs> i was it's like, amazing it's a good yeah, movie I over here like
1: Get Coba. fuck yeah. him up. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> I, I love that. Oh that's a good fucking movie. It's See, awesome. that's the thing, though. It's like when you when you have a movie that tells a story and it tells it efficiently and has good grounded human characters with dimension. Well, not just human characters, obviously. Apes do, um, yeah, but they feel
0: human. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but like the they feel point.
1: like they feel like people that you could meet, even yeah. if they're fucking apes. But um, they. You know, you get stuff like that, and then you look at stuff like Batman v Superman. With a movie that had a previous movie to set up a character, it's amazing how much time they spend not exploring the character of Superman, and how much he just, he walks on screen, looks sad, and leaves 90% of the time, and and I'm more so talking about, because we saw the the theatrical cut together in theaters, and it cuts out anything involving Superman almost yeah um and the ultimate cut doesn't put that much back in so it's, it's not batman like there was that much to begin with. guy question mark
0: it's, it's you batman anything about him like, it's
1: batman angry man li- literally too angry to die see and that's, that's fine
0: with a lot of sequels though for superhero films it's like they know they set up a good character in the first films like people can not like menace all they want there's a lot of great character work with superman yeah. there's a lot of foundation like I would argue there's more foundation when he's younger as a kid, learning powers than Cavill doesn't get enough to work with. He, he doesn't like, no, and that's what sucks. Cause I that's know everybody that thing. loves him as an actor and they're like, I want more. And everyone's like, I want more. And the biggest problem is that actor doesn't get enough in the role. So you get a great character, but not enough of the person who's supposed to embody that character. So when you get the sequel and he doesn't get any screen time, it's like, dude, what are you doing? And, like, yeah, you got to have a first act that really helps set up Batman. And I'll stand by. The first act is really good. It's a great oh, foundation yeah. for getting to learn Batman in that movie, but he's not the only person in the movie. So you just yeah. feel like everything becomes so hollow after the first act because you're like, I have no attachment right now because it's almost like the movie's telling you, vote for Batman. You should be going on Batman's side because they're giving no real reason to stick behind <laughs> Superman. Well, I, I one of the things I always come back to actually, um, I believe
1: I sent you the the podcast, but uh, uh, a YouTube creator named uh, Geekvolution did a like a five part breakdown of Batman Movie Superman. Each each episode was like an hour, hour and a half or something. It's ridiculous. Um, but I listened to all of them uh, while we were at work, and he pointed out a lot of things I just was not thinking about that I I, I dislike even more about the movie, um, and. One of the biggest things to me is the movie is called Batman v. Superman. Um, and yes, that is a play on um, you know them fighting, obviously Batman yeah. versus Superman, but it's also a v is usually used in court battles um, between the two parties. And you'd think that that would imply that they were going to have some kind of a philosophical debate or, or some kind of conversation. And the problem is, is that no one fucking talks in the entire movie. And that's the biggest problem with it. Literally, most of the film could be... <sighs>
0: halted if superman opened his mouth when he showed up places i I couldn't agree more i mean it's ridiculous my biggest argument when it comes to comics in general is that the problem is the medium is an artistic medium first and foremost you know people remember splash pages and stuff like that depending on how great the art is yeah so you remember these fight scenes and how detailed they are and how well drawn but you always sit there and you're like You don't like a character because they kick someone's ass. I don't care what anyone says. You don't like Batman because he beats up villains. You like Batman because of the character, because of who he is, and because there's some way somehow you feel you can be similar to him. I'm not saying specifically Batman, but your favorite character, you feel synonymous with certain qualities, and you're like, that's why I picked him. That's why he's my favorite. Yeah. You would not like a character you don't feel you can relate to no matter who you are the storytelling is important that's why all the best stories for these characters Watchmen especially like Watchmen's not about the fight Watchmen's not about the ending with the big squid monster it's about how these characters relate and feel towards the society and how really there isn't a villain people talk about how you know I want to spoil it if you haven't seen a Red Watchman, even though it's the number one graphic novel.
1: If you haven't seen a Red Watchman, you shouldn't be watching this podcast. What the fuck's wrong with you?
0: But people are like, well, Azimendias Ozyma- is the villain. Technically, he's not the villain. The whole point is philosophy. You can decide who really has the right perspective. Yes, he's more painted in an antagonistic way, and he's the antagonist, but it doesn't make him the villain. That's why the story is so strong. And that's why people will say, oh, I like this villain because I can relate. The best villains are villains that have a heart to them, a soul to them that you can start digging into. You would never give a damn about a character that doesn't have any weight to it, any emotional weight. I mean, a good design goes a long way. If you have a good design, you could say, I want to like him. I, Oh, yeah. he looks cool, but it only can get you so far. You need to feel like you can relate or you can really put yourself into the shoes of these characters. And that's you kind think... Of
1: the Bo- that's kind of the Boba Fett syndrome.
0: Yeah. Like, I until recently. But, like,
1: he was a really cool looking character that had zero character outside of the extended Legends. universe of yeah. books. Um, and that was fine and all, and I really wanted to like Boba Fett, but it took Mandalorian um, to, on screen, put that character in a perspective where I could understand him as a person instead of yeah. a talking character design
0: yeah so i mean it's really funny because as we're, i was saying like a good character design can only get you so far it is actually pretty genius for them to have their emotional weight be built into their character design yeah Re- really think yeah. about that it's like oh my father gave me the armor blah, blah. and it's like that makes you say we can't lose this armor because now he's emotionally attached to it so that design you love it's not fucking going anywhere. So yeah. it's genius. Like, so it, I think the, the kind of the crazy thing,
1: too, um, going back to especially uh, character thing, character related stuff in, in, in comic book films and, and stuff. And it's, it's just an easy one to pick on, but Batman would be Superman. Um, everyone always expresses that a lot of the stuff involving Superman and um, just the DC Pantheon in general literally called a pantheon. Um, they liken it to Greek gods and mythology. And, you know, some people even refer to stuff in Batman v Superman as being a Greek tragedy. But the problem is, is in order to have a tragedy, you have to give a shit. And if you if you don't create a, a character and, and, and progress that character, why would anybody give a shit?
0: Also, tragedies ha- are built heavily on like a three-act structure where it's yeah. like you get associated to the first character And the second character, they achieve what they want, but they do it with means that will bring about a downfall to some way and either hurt the character or the characters around them. Mm -hmm. You never, Superman doesn't do anything to initiate his downfall at the end. There's no, it's not a tragedy because nothing can instigate that. Like, look at, look at stories like I don't want to bring up Medusa because, you know, a lot of people will liken that to being like, that's not, you know, she was raped in the temple and everything. And it's like, that's more of a tragedy through the lines of just a male, a male gaze versus a well-developed story, but like stuff like Icarus, especially like, you know, a lot of people have Icarus's father, not just be a fantastic inventor, but become very full of himself because of his inventions. He hits the height of his, um, of his popularity and he gets full of himself. That's why when he gets imprisoned and he is still a genius and he can find his way out, you know, it costs him Icarus. The tragedy is that he hits his goals. He, be, you know, he earns his fame and he gets his name out there, but it costs him son. Like, it's not just like, Oh, you know, Icarus's father is a great guy and he's fucking, he's picking up old ladies that break their legs on the street and giving them piggyback rides to their house. Like that's not his character. A tragedy has to be built in because he also leads to his downfall or he leads to someone's downfall that will hurt him. That's why I don't really associate that being a tragedy. The tragedy in that movie is just other people are terrible and just associate you with things that shouldn't be. You can liken a lot of the stuff in that film to being like xenophobia and racism. And that's a really great analogy because the things that happen to Superman are things he doesn't initiate people read too into and try to place blame on him. That's fair. I'll, I'll understand that. And I can understand a lot of people of different ethnicities and, and different uh, viewpoints of life getting that. And that's super fair. That still only goes so far as a storytelling perspective because they don't really showcase that and initiate that. That's subtext, but that doesn't mean the rest of the content is an invigorating story. You know, yep. there's great ideas in it, but the biggest problem with most movies is like, I hate having a great idea and seeing somebody not fully utilize it. Because then you leave and you're feeling like, I want more, man. And like, I wish you really showcased more. Yeah, I agree. The only part about that
1: movie I can I can see people were, refer- I mean, <laughs> I kind of understand the, the context of, of the, the tragic connection that people are making. Um, with, with stuff like Batman's tragic fall from grace and Superman sacrificing himself at the end by flying the spear into um Doomsday, which is a whole fucking Jesus allegory, which is Zack Snyder's favorite thing in the world. But the problem is is that again, there's a lot of great ideas that don't have writing behind them. Um, yeah, and, and that's one of the biggest things about superhero movies in general is you need to create especially for people who are not comic fans you need to create a fully fleshed out character for people to latch onto. and like I said especially if they don't have prior connections to these characters because like you know when, when we saw Batman v Superman in theaters I got choked up with Superman sacri- sacrifices life because I like Superman and because I read I've read the death of Superman arc and I you know I, I, I saw where that was going and that made me sad and also I love Henry Cavill in the role but That's for people awesome, who
0: man. I was yeah, mad. I,
1: I, know you, I know you can't say the same. I was yeah. angrier afterwards. Yeah. Um, I was also the one who really liked Age of Ultron when I left it and then progressively liked it less and less and less. Um, same with Suicide Squad. You know, I, 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 for, for certain people, and I know other people who are like this too, they have a, a connection with stuff like that because they are fans of the character, fans of the comics, fans of, of um, story arcs that they're possibly, you know, touching upon. So they got choked up watching that, or, or something like that. But for someone who doesn't understand Superman or doesn't read comics, I feel like that sequence just doesn't play because the writing is not there. Hollow. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a scene that it seems like I can see where Zack Snyder was going with it. Yeah, what he wanted to do. The problem is, is that he just didn't
0: it, he didn't if, have the script for it. If there was a movie in between Man of Steel and BVS and some more scenes with Superman, maybe that death would land a lot better. But as the way it plays out, it just feels like super rushed and just, like I said before, I hate to be a broken record, but it just feels hollow. And you can also write his way out of that that death so many times. There's so many different ways you could write your way out of that death. A lot of people think I'm very critical about like the way I look at comic book films, especially because a lot of people will walk into like a Marvel movie or just some like, of the DC films being like, you know, just have fun, man. Like these, it's just fun. And like, you get to see some cool characters on the screen. It's like, I love that. I'm not mad about it, but my biggest problem is it's like a lot of people say that, like, especially like Scorsese says, like, these feel like like theme park rides. They don't feel like films. They don't feel like cinema. And I love comic book characters. I love them so much, I love them to death. It's my favorite thing in the world. But these characters are theme park rides because they're not developed. And the reason I get so upset about these things is because you know if you had a good writer and a good team working on it these characters could feel like people. And they could feel real. So when these sacrifices do happen or when something does go down you can have weight to it. Like I want to walk out of a theater and feel upset because something happened because it matters to me. And the biggest problem is whenever these things happen in films like I don't feel weight. I mean there's a lot of people really can liken that to, like, look at Tony Stark in Endgame versus Billy Batson and Shazam. Endgame, there's so many things that tell you that you should be upset when Tony Stark dies, but if you really think about that character, he doesn't earn that sacrifice with all the other things he's done in those films. He doesn't even really relinquish the guilt that he should have for all the other bad stuff he's done, and I know most people me especially when he dies I'm not thinking ah oh man I'm going to miss Iron Man you think I feel bad for his daughter that that's that's what it comes down to and it's like cuz you do you like the daughter you feel bad for her because she's losing her dad but you don't feel bad that you're losing Tony but look at Billy Batson when he meets when he meets his mom you oh. don't know that character you don't you just meet Billy Batson the first time in this film There's no prior exchanges or or any buildup about, oh, this is, this is Shazam. But so many people can really put themselves in their situation when he goes up to his mom being like, I looked forever for you. And it all comes down to, I didn't want you to find me. That whole feeling of searching and reaching out and then getting isolation is so synonymous with how a lot of people feel in their lives, where you just sit there like, wow, that hurt a lot more than I thought it would versus, oh... I hope his daughter is okay yeah i mean i
1: i'll say i definitely did i connected with with the death of iron man in a a pretty strong way i i really that hit that hit for me personally um but i will say that still kind of playing to your point though is the most heartbreaking moment in the aftermath of, of tony's death it's not seeing all the people gathered at this funeral. It's not the I love you 3000 that everyone loves so much. It is the scene where happy sits down with her and, and tells her that he's going to buy her all the cheeseburgers that she wants because he's going to be there for her. because her, her father's not, that is the moment that hits me the most. And again, that plays to the fact that I don't want a kid to not have a dad, which yeah. it really sucks. But um, even then though, like I think you and I have talked about this before. It's just, as much as I did feel an ocean with with Tony's death, I feel like it's more because I've been invested in this universe for 10 years and I've been watching it for 10 years, and you know that's literally that we would there wouldn't be a universe without him um, th- than anything else. Especially considering that most of the potential character development that he has, and this is a problem with the MCU in general, is that most of his character development that happens for Endgame to, to get him to the point where I believe the sacrifice happens off screen. It's him reconciling things that we don't see. Um, it's him, like like him making up with Cap after Civil War, which is this earth-shattering moment that when people at the theaters, are like, oh my God, they're not friends anymore. Oh. Holy crap. And he comes back from from space and he's he's angry still. He's all emaciated because he hasn't eaten and all that shit and he's, he's still mad. And then they just cut to five years later and they're friends again. It's just like, well, then what was the point? What was the point of any of this? Yeah, that's, that's that's the biggest problem with that universe is that character. There's so much. Same thing with Hulk. From the beginning of Hulk's arc, from Incredible Hulk to Endgame, the whole thing was him warring with the Hulk and trying to reconcile things with the Hulk and figure out how to coexist or or get rid of the Hulk. And that happens off screen too, and he just embraces the Hulk and becomes Professor Hulk for no reason whatsoever. It's just like that. That's one of the biggest issues I have. It's same thing with like Bucky. Oh, okay, don't even... Between I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. but between Winter Soldier and Civil War, he's just good now, I guess. Except for my except for you can still be mind controlled. But
0: <sighs> that's the thing. We have a show called WandaVision about the love between Wanda and Vision. You do not see any of that on screen. I don't care if they kiss in Infinity War and they're a couple. You don't see them become a couple. They share one scene in Civil War and I don't even know if, remember if they share any scenes in Age of Ultron, but they do. There, I'll I'll give them credit for one thing. Okay. There's one shot in the in the movie where,
1: um, remember when she's in the bus and it's blowing apart and Vision flies in and saves her. Okay. He picks her up and they look in each other's eyes lovingly like they're starting this relationship. That's it.
0: Okay. That's so stupid. they do kind of start it. A little you get bit. yeah no one hundred percent like, that's not relation that's not that's not building your romance though you know what I mean. No, like, I agree like, completely. I I completely. Like that's the thing. agree. It's the same thing people say. They built up Thanos for like 10 years. No they didn't. They showed him They showed three him in one movie. And they yeah. showed him
1: in one movie and then he made a couple of appearances.
0: Yeah, like that's not build not up. Build that's up. not development. Everything that happens in these films happens off-screen and any writer can tell you if you have to show things off-screen, you're a bad writer. Even the thing There's... with like Tony's daughter. He has a daughter in Endgame that you learn of in that film because it happens off-screen. Yeah. Everything you're getting is off screen and it it just takes away all the emotional weight. And the thing I hate about the Marvel films is that you're being treated like you're a moron. Like they don't treat you like you're an adult. They don't. And here's the thing. I know Disney's animated programs wouldn't do that. Their animated features that are 70 to 90 minutes treat you with more respect when it comes to storytelling than their live action two and a half, three hour films. How is that possible? A lot of people try to liken the MCU and
1: by correlation, anything that tries to emulate the MCU. So they would also roll any other cinematic universe into this, but um, they treat it like it's a serialized narrative, like a comic book. But the problem is, is that the benefit for comic books is they come out monthly and they're consistently churning out, character and 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 action and new scenarios whereas some of these characters we see three times and then if they just show up in another movie so it's not like we got like you know it, it was 10 years from iron man to al- almost 10 years from iron man to end game it's not like we got 10 iron man movies yeah. we got three iron man movies and then he appeared in age of ultron and in civil war and in spider-man homecoming and an then Infinity War and Endgame and he's a part of a large ensemble cast in most of those movies so he's not getting the meaningful character development except for you can say what you want about, about most of those but Civil War he does get some character development because yeah. it's mostly a him versus Cap and there's a bit more spread out through yeah, that yeah. movie because there's less characters
0: or even say, having Infinity a mentor
1: War. role in Homecoming in, in Spider-Man yeah, like that, that's, that some does of the best stuff with him, him. Yeah. yeah, some of the
0: best stuff with him since Iron Man, two, now, Iron man so. now, just thinking about it, because it's really funny, in retrospect, how there's everybody from, like, the Avengers nearly is at, you know, the funeral. Or, like, when he does flip, everyone looks so emotionally distraught.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know how funny it is that some people don't know who he is in that scene? Like, some of those people have no idea. They come from space, man. So... I was thinking about it because, you know how I've been, I told you, I've been watching like a few of the Power Ranger series. Mm-hmm. I watched Lost Galaxy and you know, like how the Magnet Offender is like the older brother character or whatever for like the Red Ranger's older brother becomes Magnet Offender. Okay. His name is Mike. Okay. And he originally pulls out like the Quasar saber. I sound like such a fucking idiot, but he originally gets like the Red Ranger Morpher sword thing. And he in the like second episode he sacrifices himself and all the characters are like no mike and and the green ranger is like mike he's never fucking talked to him before he doesn't know his name how did he only knows his name is mike because everyone screamed to mike do you know how funny that is <laughs> and and that I, dude, that's, that's really... like that's like if i went to like a random street and i saw someone get fucking like in a hit and run and die in, in the in the fucking uh background so I was like oh my god jamie and then i just go jamie like it doesn't make fucking sense
1: yeah no i mean that's
0: how that that's almost how some of that scene plays out because like if you think about it you're like man why the, f- why the fuck do you care you don't know tony stark like <laughs> hell man. i mean there's a decent chunk of the
1: people like, like, the Guardians are there. And like I would say the Guardians, he he knows, but, the but Guardians. they do
0: interact, you know. Yeah, they, they, they know newer. each
1: other, but they barely know each other. Yeah, um, Like, they've barely known each other for longer than, uh, I I swear to God, it feels like it's almost a couple hours. you know like how funny it'd be,
0: fun though, if when he flicked, yeah. like, he goes, oh, my man, boop, and, and he turns his, what if it had, like, an up-close shot of Chris Pratt? He goes, fuck him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know how funny that'd be? Like, worth it. Like that, that it would just fixes the whole scene. It kind of be a little in character. to you just like, fuck him. Yeah, you know, that should be funny. Like,
1: <laughs> he's a dick, anyways. I'm the leader. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the thing, though. It's just like that. There's a lot of things that happen in the MCU that just happen because they're fan servicey, and and some yeah. of that's fine.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent,
1: bro. Like, it doesn't make fucking sense that that Cap knows how to bring down lightning with Mjolnir in in the finale of Endgame, but it's fucking cool. No, that makes uh, total sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense, but the whole him lifting Mjolnir and fighting with Mjolnir, I can get past that. That's fine. They already set that yeah. up in Age of Ultron, but it's just it's just him. I was fine with all of that, and all of a sudden he brought down lightning on Thanos. I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense. But it is the coolest thing I saw in this entire fucking movie so far. So
0: I didn't I, care. It does. But I think technically too, like if you even want to be like critical about like bringing lightning down, if you took the lightning away. It doesn't make the scene that much... It doesn't make it worse either, you know? No. So it's like, cool. if, Yeah, it's just
1: cool. But that's the whole thing with the MCU, though, is that, like, some of the things just happen because they're cool. Yeah. Or they look cool. Or, or they seem like something that would be exciting rather than something that makes sense
0: logically or it, narratively. It, it, that's why it's so hard to get excited. Like, it's not lost on me for Infinity War when they do the, the snap. The first person you see go is Bucky you know, to my disdain, but the first one is Bucky, and the last thing he says is Steve. Like, that should be destructive for Cap. The last thing his best friend says to him is his name before he dies. And they literally...
1: It kind of of is, Like he falls to his knees and all that stuff. It's destructive for him, but it's not destructive for us.
0: Yeah, and not just that, but like, that ending... Regardless of, like, you know, everyone's going to come back. Like, it's an impactful ending. Infinity War has a strong end. Oh, it works. But the problem is, when Endgame, when they all come back, he shares one scene with Bucky. It's at the very end. They don't even talk, really. He just says, like, uh, how can I be stupid if you take all the stupid with you? And it's like, that's your goodbye? That is so terrible. Like,
1: And, and it's also made worse by the fact that you can tell he knew what, what Cap was going to do. Yeah, and
0: it's like that's that's how you're gonna say goodbye to your friend of how yeah, many years? Yeah, hundred. I know, years? <laughs> I know. of my friend, like especially like the person who stuck through you with everybody in the world wouldn't, you know, oh, literally
1: sacrificed his 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 adopted family and and yeah. their 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 connection.
0: Really sacrificed his you. freedom. You yeah, know what I mean, for you. He goes on a America, run for you. Captain America yeah. sacrifices his freedom, and the last thing it's like, "You stupid, Are you stupid." It's like yeah Dude, that's dumb little banter because i don't know that just bugs me so much i just feel like they take value for like the idea is cool but we don't really want to capitalize it have you watched the episode of um fuck winter soldier yet yeah oh yeah i really liked it i i think it definitely exists yeah uh, I, i'm not gonna lie no it's good i really, appre-
1: it, I really appreciate that it you know it, it's something that's good. way better i don't like I love it, Winter Soldier, it but it's, it is better. I'll say that there's one particular moment with Winter Soldier that really got me. I I don't want to spoil anything, so we will I don't either it's because it's brand
0: new. Yeah. Although
1: by the time this goes up, it may be.
0: Almost, so but. I think what you're talking about, but I have a problem with the scene because of the way narratively it's structured. I think I think it adds some problems to it. The, the thing is, like, the best thing about these shows, WandaVision especially, and Falcon Winter Soldier is. You have A class talent actors, and they're finally getting to showcase their chops. Like yeah. Anthony Mackie has been lucky and has gotten a got like a good amount of screen time in these films, and he shines. Bucky hasn't. Bucky hasn't had I, any been, time
1: since the first film. I, I would say that he that that um that Falcon
0: gets a decent amount of screen time. I wouldn't say he gets a development early though. No, I guess he just has a good charisma factor to him. Where you yeah, feel he, like he's an entertaining yeah, character you can latch on to it's not that bucky's not charismatic but his character's not built like that he's he's not charismatic but that's that's by, by design but though I, I so charisma is about two things charisma is about you know having people be drawn to your personality or having things that make someone latch on to you and i think a lot of people can latch on to bucky because of just feeling like you're going through things that aren't your fault or out, or out of just your like things just piling on so I know a lot of people like Bucky because of that there's a certain sense of charisma it's just not the innate thing you think of when you hear the word charisma but you know I say especially like I hate Vision in the movies he's not a character he's a joke most of the time I think he's good in Infinity War but what does five seconds matter but in the show he's fantastic in the show I think Vision is an amazing fun fleshed out character and I'm not saying Wanda isn't. Wanda's fantastic, but you even get good stuff with her in the movies from time to time. But Vision's a I would, great I would, standout surprise, if you ask me.
1: I think I think that that's that's kind of like one of those the saving races of the MCU, is is just that they just cast talent. Yeah. Like I can't think of a single person like the weakest actor in the entire universe that's an important character, not some side character. It's Chris Pratt. Uh, for his yeah, yeah. role. Important his, character, side character is Vin Diesel. Yeah, but even him as Groot is pretty oh. good. So I it's like had
0: to say I'm Groot in French. Holy fucking shit!
1: Yeah, I mean, like, but but at I know, the same I know, time, I'm, though, just, like, I'm just
0: joking around, dude.
1: He, he, he does in fact. He, he emotes. He emotes more as Groot than he emotes in any of his other movies. So I he emotes more there. as
0: Groot than Chris Pratt does as Star Lord. That's not true. I know, but, yeah. I know the first um, film, but still. But, but yeah,
1: like the weakest, the weakest actor in the entire universe is Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt still delivers in yeah. in all three of his films or four four of his uh, three of his films. Because Endgame, he doesn't really do anything, but um in, in in most of his in most of his appearances, he does a really good job. Yeah. He does a moat more than I ever expected him to. Yeah. And so, like they they go after talent. It's
0: just that they don't know how to use talent to tell stories. Yeah, and for the record as we say chris pratt is probably the worst actor of the bunch he's still a good act he's still a great actor he's still talented you know person aside whether you like him or not like he has he has his stigmas he has his things he stinks into that fall into chris pratt type characters but Mm -hmm. he still does good with them like that's not a problem some actors have strength play to him i'm not going to tell keanu reeves to give me a shakespearean performance because then i get dracula Dracula.
1: yeah Um, you know I, I agree but it's like you can cast as much talent as you want in the world but if you don't know how to how to utilize the talent effectively then it really doesn't matter it's just set dressing yeah. um, and you know they got fucking I mean he, he's, not, he's not a main character but they got Michael Douglas in this in, in Ant-Man they got, they got um, yeah. Robert Redford in, in uh, Winter Soldier like they have amazing talent. Jude Law in, in Captain Marvel brie larson in captain marvel um you know like samuel jackson i mean he just shows up as samuel jackson and everything but whatever um well they have a class talent in all of these movies it's just that they they have a formula and they stick to that formula and And they very rarely stray from that formula and when they do stray from that formula they walk it back because they're they're afraid that they're going to get backlash for
0: escaping that formula i think i think it's funny some of the names we mentioned too because it's like This comes down to a lot of toxicity when it comes to like these comic book films too is because these are names that when they get attached to these characters, they become synonymous with the characters and they, they, they get a lot of shit for it. Like you and I aren't fans of the movie Captain Marvel, but you and I are huge fans of Brie Larson. Like she's a talented, talented actress.
1: She's an Academy Academy Award winning actress for a reason. Yeah.
0: And it's like, it's a, it's a fucking movie. Like she didn't write the script. She didn't make the character. She didn't do any any of it. She did her job, and regardless, some people love the movie. I know a lot of like younger women like they love the character because if you're a teenage girl or a small girl and you're trying to have someone like show that you can be empowered, and you watch Captain Marvel, that's fucking awesome. Like you should have that power. You should feel like you get something that makes you get an extra push out of life because like you know that that makes me happy. I, I just think the way some of these people just associate these things together, like, Chris Pratt isn't Star-Lord. You know, Brie Larson isn't Captain Marvel. Fucking Robert Downey Jr. isn't Iron Man. Regardless of how much you love or hate these characters, like, they yeah, aren't I mean, they aren't the same thing. I, I know a lot of morons, specifically with Captain Marvel, is
1: like, a lot of morons come out of the woodwork explaining how they don't like Brie Larson or whatever brie larson is far from the worst part about captain marvel and 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 again she's just an actress you know the movie doesn't feel like it's directed by human beings and it it feels like it was written by a robot it doesn't have a character arc for their main character going after brie larson is stupid considering she is
0: but a piece of the of the jumbled puzzle that is captain marvel I just think it's dumb when people like to associate the actor, or the actress, with the work in general. Like this is synonymous with why it's not good or why it is good. It's like there's a million '80s action films that S- Sylvester Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger and people are probably like, "Yeah, dude, I love him. I love this movie," and they'll probably tell you that movie fucking sucks. It's stupid. There's no, there's nothing to it. They're, they're smart guys, you know. They understand oh, yeah. characters. Stone's an incredible actor. Yeah, and they do stupid dog shit films that they don't think are that great. Stop and, my mom will shoot. Yeah, and it's like, people are like, oh, but I, I love them, because they'll probably tell you the movie's fucking stupid, man. Shut up. It, it's dope, They're but I had actors. fun. They're actors, man. They're... To me,
1: it's like, the, the biggest the biggest thing for stuff like that would be it's dumb, but I had fun. And it's like, well, yeah. isn't that what Marvel movies are for a lot of people? Yeah. 100%. Some of it's dumb, but I had a good time, so that's what matters. So yeah. why is why is
0: it why is Captain Marvel bad because it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. But yeah.
1: Okay. And like there's
0: nothing wrong with having dumb fun when you're watching a popcorn flick. It's blockbusters are. I know when I said my comment earlier, like, why are you so critical about it? It's like because when people say like, you know, most comic book films aren't cinema, I agree, and that sucks. I want them to be higher cinema because they can be. That being said, what we're getting is fine. I want more though. I want better yeah. films. But that being said, that doesn't mean the stuff we're getting is terrible. Like it's well, just fun. There's nothing wrong with fun. I think one of the one of the big things is that I I can sit here and and
1: desire for films to have films in this genre to aspire to be a bit better while also enjoying having a fun film popcorn fest kind of an action movie 100%. you know like i love you know like, you could argue my, my my second favorite comic book film of all time is superman the movie it's a pretty light fluffy movie
0: yeah i was watching but that after this week
1: but it also understands its character though and, and tells a good story so that that alone puts it in in, in, a, in a bar above a lot of other ones and you know you, you can have movies that are like you know, I know you're not a, as, as big a fan of this one as me, but, you know, Logan, Logan which yeah. tells a great story, you know, independent of its connections to comics, but it tells a great story. I mean, hell, you can watch Logan without watching the rest of the X-Men movies. And still you should. My, my, my sister, <laughs> my, my I took my, when we went to go see it, I took my sister to go see it with well, us. She's yeah, never it, seen an X-Men It's a better movie, movie if you do that. She adores the movie. So it, it's one of those movies that it tells a great story. It, it lovingly homages cinema um and it has great action great character work great technical merits cinematography a score sound design everything like that um but it's a comic book film yeah so it's clearly possible it's just that you know movies like uh movies in the, in the mcu don't have to because they make a billion dollars every movie or you know some of the dc movies earlier in the the pantheon decided that they wanted to do the same thing the mcu was doing and it didn't work
0: I I consider it like a spectrum of when I look at films and cinema for two categories, there's three different categories that come to mind. And there's three films that like really hit it on the mark of like, well, four, but two of them fall in the same thing. Like, when I think of films that are cinema, that are comic book films, and like why they're high class or why they matter, I think of films like 89 Batman and I think of Superman, the movie from 78, especially because. There is no such thing as a comic book buzz. There's no such thing as those characters running the market. They are just another blockbuster film with names attached to them, but they're not that synonymous with the public where it's gonna have expectations. They are fresh. Yeah. For films, there is a fresh perspective that you're not gonna get before. So you can experiment, you can have fun, but you can also develop things. And that's why people regard those films so highly, even though they are blockbusters, they don't have to adhere to anything. They don't have anything to, to be looked upon to compare it with. That's why it's it feels so distinct. If you watch them now, these, these films feel very distinct, like their own film. They're not copying anything, they feel unique. Yeah, obviously, Hero's Journey, and they take a lot of inspiration from other things. God, Tim Burton takes inspiration from everything, especially from horror aesthetics. But oh, yeah. they feel distinctly their own, and that's why they're so great. Another film that I think of that, well, another series that follows like superhero films that are cinema that hit that category are films like Logan and The Dark Knight. Uh, films that I I'm not in love with them as comic book movies, but they are first and foremost cinema. I don't like Logan because I'm a huge X-Men guy, and I feel like the other films in the series brings Logan down but I'd be an absolute moron to say it's not a well-crafted film. I could say I don't enjoy it, but I'm not stupid. It is a well-crafted film, and a lot of the problems I have are usually either small, minor nitpicks, or just me trying to dislike it. Most of it just comes down to I don't like the characters in it, sometimes I don't like the characterizations, but that's just an attached bias that I can't get rid of, and that's okay, and I can acknowledge that, but it is a film. And the way it attacks subjects in the film are ways that a lot of comic book films don't handle things the same way that Dark Knight is first and foremost a film. The way it's structured, it's about its storytelling first and then its comic aspect second. It is trying to be distinctly its own, although it does try to sit itself very far from its source material. Whereas, like, Superman and Batman 89, they're distinct, but they still feel like they're attached to the roots that they're taking from. These ones, they are detaching from their roots heavily, but they're still trying to say, I'm giving you a film that you're going to remember. I'm giving you a film first and foremost. I want you to see this creativity I'm putting in. And then there's the third part of the category where films to me aren't cinema, but they're enjoyment. You've, during your interview, said a thing that I hadn't even thought of before when you're comparing them to the slasher genre. There's a reason when the slasher genre took off, you had films that were inventing and creating a genre. It's like who created it, There wasn't a slasher Chris until films like Black Christmas and and Halloween, where it's it's like a massacre and exactly Texas Chainsaw. Great example. It's like these films are doing new things that make the killer feel like they're at home with the way they're doing films. And then people are like, I want to rip on that. This is a trend. I want to pick up on it. That's why Halloween is distinct because it isn't a trend when it comes out. It's unique. Texas Chainsaw is unique. It's not picking up on a trend. It's creating the trend. It's showing you what can be scary about people. And that's why certain films early on, like in the MCU, like the first wave feel like like they are their Texas Chainsaw versus then you have shit later on where it feels like, all right, Avengers feels like Sleepaway Camp where it's like it's trying to hit on all these things that are synonymous with the genre while also trying to have fun, but you can't take it too serious because at this point, it's, a, it's almost a parody of what it's supposed to be. Yes. And that's how a lot of these films fall into it. It's just they aren't taking the film aspect serious. They're taking the comic aspect decently serious, but they're just trying to make money. Or they're just trying to tell a fun story and not go too deep into it. That's why when you have people like the Russo brothers talk to you about how they are taking cinema to a next level, it's just so annoying because you're like, you can't even fundamentally take writing to a secondary level, let alone take it to the next level. Then like... they release Cherry. But, uh, you know, I mean, like,
1: the the Slasher whole um, analogy is very apt just because, yeah, like, the, the MCU is the, like you said, the Halloweens, the, the Texas Chainsaws, uh, Black Christmases of, 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 of the um, that early era of, of the boom of, uh, of superhero films. But the nice thing about slashers, because you and I both like slasher movies. We both like horror movies. And the, the fun thing about, you know, I, I like throwing slashers, slasher movies on when I go to bed because it's yeah. just comforting. And I don't mean comforting in a, in a weird way. I just It's just like, it's something that you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, you fall asleep in the middle of it. You're not missing anything. You generally know how it ends. And they're just entertaining. There was a period of time where that worked for comic book movies. Um, I would say it would be phase two. Uh, of the mcu i would say but the problem is is that when you lean too much into formula and you don't do enough with the property that is meaningful so a lot of the best slasher movies are movies that have at least entertaining characters um movies like the burning and like uh you know the friday the 13th uh yeah some of them yeah especially as nightmare well the main Um, character yeah but like if you're attached to those characters you're scared um, because you don't want them to die. Same thing with action films, same thing with comic book films. If you care about these characters, they're entertaining. And formula is forgivable if you're enjoying watching these characters. But the problem is, is when you're starting to not do anything with those characters, not start, starting to not do anything with those formulas and kind of get kind of complacent with them, it starts to be easier to, to get people to be negative towards them because now we're just picking it apart and noticing all the flaws because we're
0: no longer having a good time. The honeymoon phase is over. Um, yeah, I, I think... Because um, when we're saying, like, you know, formula can only get you so far, it's like, that's why slashes after a while started to die out, because it's like, the, the formula becomes rinse and repeat. Yeah. And you think with comic book films it'd be the same thing. And even worse, so it's like, these characters have been around for 10 years consistently. Can you imagine how terrible the halloween franchise would be if laurie Strow was in every single film for 10 years you know what i mean like that that'd be suffocating in any other yeah. type of film franchise
1: and like, imagine having 10 films or 10 years worth of movies and feeling like characters just stop progressing or regressing after their trilogy ends they don't yeah. progress further Or at least they don't progress further on screen, so we're just told about their progression, which is one of the worst sins in writing, in my opinion. I just hate it when people do that. How like that's the thing is like everyone always talks about how how the MCU, and it's it's easy to pick on the MCU at this point, but the MCU people talk about it as if it's this this ten this this innovative ten year continuous narrative, which it's not.
0: I'll say it's innovative though, like it is. It is innovative 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 the way it's structured. But it doesn't Positively mean it's or not exactly innovative. Um, is, is a fair term? <laughs> but
1: but saying that it is a a ten year ongoing narrative that continuously builds on itself is not true, um, and that's fine. Whatever. That's kind of the thing though. Is the DC films now are kind of getting it because they are part of the same universe. Yeah, but they're doing their own thing in each of their movies. They're not so worried about racing to this eventual climax of whatever phase we're in now. Um, they're saying, hey, we're making an Aquaman movie. What's Aquaman going to do for this movie? Yeah, Shazam, we're introducing Shazam. What are we going to do with Shazam for this movie? And that's true. There's setup. up. There's, there's certain things. There's the post-credit scenes. There's little, little teeny Easter eggs. But it's really like the first phase of
0: Marvel. It's like we, we knew that they wanted to get to Avengers but they didn't know they were going to get to it. it it's so funny because it's like they started with the second phase and then went back to the first with the way DC structured their films.
1: Yeah. They tried really hard because the whole thing is everyone, everyone makes the, those conversations have been going on since man of steel was oh, yeah. DC's just trying to catch up to Marvel. And they that were. was their biggest problem Yeah, for the first four movies. You know? Yeah. Wonder woman was great, uh, but wonder woman's a very isolated film. That's why it works. And it's also just good. But um, you know, they were really trying with movies like, you know, Man of Steel and then jumping straight into Batman be Superman, no Batman knowledge previous to this, um, trying to introduce all these different characters in one movie. And, and and multiple characters aren't the problem, it's a matter of how they allocate screen time. And mm-hmm. my god, do they
0: not know how to allocate screen time in either and that's god. funny? It's especially because you bring up the fact where it's like they're throwing a lot of characters at you and the place we are in time now. They're taking the fact that you do know things about the character for granted. They know they could show you uh, a memorial of Robin and you're like, I know what that means. So they don't have to really explain it. You know, if you are 13 years old and you don't know about Batman, let's just say you don't at all. Your parents just hate superheroes and you're like, you're not watching that shit. And then you're like, you know what? I fucking hate my dad. I'm going to the movie theater with my friends. I'm gonna watch BVS, and you, you get there, and you're like, and and it shows that, and you're like, fuck, is that red suit? What's the R stand for? Really not gonna tell me what happened? Like, they're taking advantage of the fact like you should know these things because it's commonplace at this point, but they don't delve into it. And you brought up how like comic books earlier like they're serialized, and it's like, oh, they're telling the story serialized. Yeah, but. These characters don't interact as often as people think they do. They have their own solos. They have their own ongoings where they solve their own problems in their own worlds. And in crossover events, they interact or they have team-ups or some team books. But characters Every once in a while, someone will show up in someone else's book. But it's very rare. Yeah, team-ups. It doesn't happen that much. But these characters have their own separate worlds that they fall into. The movie should be the same way. They can take place in the same world, but things don't always have to happen. Like... Shazam's perfect because it acknowledges things that happen in the world, but doesn't focus on them because that's yeah. stupid. Superman exists in the world, so it makes sense for someone to be excited about the existence of Superman. But, like Batman, but oh, they awesome. don't have to focus on Superman did did blah blah blah. Like that would make the film feel like such a lackluster. It make it feel like Age of Ultron too, or, or Avengers two yeah. Age of Ultron because they're talking about other things that happens all the time. And feel like set up for like another Justice League film if that's how it was going to be. But yeah. it doesn't. It acknowledges the world, crits its own characters, and you feel like, great. I want to learn more about these characters.
1: And if if anything, with, with movies like Shazam, which is a, a pretty good example, it's like they do set up things in Shazam, but it's for yeah. further Shazam adventures. Yeah, 100%. And they don't even really focus that much on a lot of that stuff. Like We, we, we talk about a couple of things, but most of it is just the, the task at hand and getting to know these characters and writing fleshed out characters, especially specifically your main character. That's what the, the runtime is devoted to. And movies like Age of Ultron are exactly what you don't do. The most of the, A good chunk of the movie is just, hey, um, we're, we want to do this, this, this Infinity War thing later on. Um, so we're going to stop the movie and send Thor into a hot tub to learn about the Infinity Stones. It, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, it doesn't See, make sense
0: it, it, to do stuff like that. To be devil's advocate, it's like, there's not as many scenes as you'd think there are doing that, but the problem is you remember the scenes that do because they take you fully out of the movie.
1: Because That's they, the they have
0: absolutely nothing exactly. at all to do with the plot. Because when you say anything about, like, set I initially think of that exact scene with Thor because you sit there like, we could have just cut this out of the fucking movie. Like, we don't yeah, it need has It has no here. place in it. Cause like when he gets back, he say, he makes mention
1: briefly. He's like, I had to learn about this to, to fucking old Infinity Stone, blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden now Vision's up and now they gotta go fight Ultrons. Like yeah. this, the subplot had nothing to do with the movie. They just had to have Thor doing something. So it, it's one of those things where it's just like movies that live for setup are the worst ones, and that's the problem with the universes at this point. Is and we we learn that with other failed universes like mummy where they pause the fucking movie to walk through prodigionums or whatever the fuck their name is. They're their little house of horrors to set up different types of creatures within the world so that we know, Oh boy, we're going to have a Dracula. We're going to have a werewolf. We're going to have a creature of the black lagoon, you know, all, all this stupid shit. And um, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that really turns me off to movies like this. It's just that you're not focused on telling a story. You're focused on selling me on the next five movies. And that makes it feel more corporate. It Doesn't make it feel like it's a oh yeah a, a movie. It doesn't make it feel like it's a story. What
0: what's worse than feeling corporate watching a superhero film? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like it feels the, disgusting.
1: One, one of the most corporately made superhero movies I think I've ever seen in my entire life is Bloodshot. Um, yeah, that was your mistake. I didn't watch that. Yeah, I mean I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but it, it was just it's one of those movies but where it my family. Make, Yeah, It doesn't feel like it's made by a human being Um, and it's made to just there's nothing that happens in the movie that matters. It's just, hey, Vin Diesel shows up and uh, he's got a gun and he can regenerate.
0: You know, um, it's got nothing to do with it. I'm just taking it off topic because I don't like Vin Diesel. But uh, I don't blame you. (laughs) You know how in Falcon and Winter Soldier you know, really off topic. I was just thinking about it because he says it takes place five months after the end of Endgame. Yep. And um, it's 2021. I think the yep. end of Endgame isn't it 2022, or is it later? See, the thing is, is that um, I know, I know. There's a lot of time skips. You know, as we get huge mad time about, skips. but like, but I know. I, know that I, I between... was just thinking about it because. They can have it five months after, not that long after, and it's like, it's almost like they're lucky they had a pandemic. It's almost <laughs> like the world shut down so the Russo brothers' shitty time skips can matter. I yeah. find that so hysterical. Because like I know that like, um,
1: Civil War came out in 2016. I'm not sure if it's set in 2016,
0: um, but, but there's time is, skips to Infinity War. There's a. Th- three-year time skip. Oh, my God. I thought it
1: was two. I I thought it was two because that's what year. It might be two. It might be two, but between (gasps) Infinity War and most of Endgame, it's five years after
0: that. Yeah, I know that one's five years, but I thought... 2018? (sighs) I don't know. I just thought it was funny because it's like... I think it'd be like 2022 or 2023. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is... Five months after Endgame. But for us, it's like it's almost been two years, and it's like it's almost like those time skips are paying off. The world shut down for a shitty movie.
1: Oh, oh, we were blipped out of existence, Scott.
0: Okay, I hate the term blip. The blip, bro. It just sounds so unserious. Because the only thing that I've seen since
1: Spider Man came out, like Spider Man was the only thing that I saw that had the blip in it. Um, I think they say it in WandaVision, too.
0: I know you haven't gotten far enough,
1: but. Um, but like when they say it, when I say the blip in that, and then I go watch Falcon Winter Soldier, and then some like I think Anthony Mackey says the blip, I'm like coming out of his mouth, it's just so fucking
0: see, that's the thing, it sounds dumb. And like with the Spider Man films, I can get it. Well, the Spider Man films, it's set up almost like it's a rom com, so you're like, Yeah, whatever, it's It's supposed to be a dumb joke, but when you're like, which is a blip, which isn't my dog died, and I can't, it's just like, dude. Dude, the, you just said that when the blip happened,
1: dude. First, first of all, the, con- the concept of, of them treating all those people being snapped out of existence as a joke is already a bad idea. Um, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, like when it comes out of a teenager's mouth, because teenager's mouth, I think Betty Brandt says it in, in Far From Home or whatever. So it's like, oh, it's just a dumb teenager naming it the blip, whatever. And yeah. then in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Anthony yeah, I Mackie never would have thought it would transfer that, over. It's just like, oh, my God, that really is what it's called. Jesus Christ. It's Like before everyone was making fun of them because they were trying to refer to it as a decimation, and the decimation yeah. is desi, which means 10. So they're like, oh well, it's Yo. like you killed this many people, so that it doesn't really work. It's like that's a way better fucking title than than the blip. It just sounds so stupid. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's like it's like how in, in um the Marvel Netflix shows they refer to the, the battle for New York as the incident. Yeah,
0: that's like that's when everyone became dusties. <laughs> like, like it's just like a dusting. Yeah, yeah the great it, it the, the great dusting. It was the dust inning <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. By the way, Falcon's a stone cold like just absolute murderer in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, my Soldier. God. the thing
1: I, I remember I was watching that opening action scene, and I'm like, it's a good action scene. It's really entertaining it and is. stuff. It is. But, wow. I mean, like, it's not... He new. doesn't... He, he, he kills doesn't... All the time in, he, kills, <laughs> he kills people all the time in Avengers, but, like...
0: Oh, but it's just, like... <laughs> like, so, I, I think it's the was way it's structured it's like
1: i was just sitting there looking i'm like he blows everything
0: well, up in the episode they wow. talk about like um oh do you get any like money for doing a job it's like ah oh, it's good faith and it's like you should be getting paid a soldier's salary because you're murdering a lot of people yeah. for like the military you might as well be getting the uh, military pension or something like that's kind of the funny thing they're
1: like are you getting any payment uh, i i was expecting to say well I'm ex-military, so I got a pension.
0: Yeah. Like, where was that? What? It's It just in fact, it's like, uh, good faith. It's like there's no way. Like, I just don't believe that. Like, it doesn't make sense.
1: I, I just have to assume that, like, most of the time, it's just like he didn't need to be paid, just based off the fact that it's like he just lives at the the Avengers Mansion and probably all the food's paid for by Stark. And imagine almost, you know,
0: being a superhero and it's pretty much an under-the-table job. Like, imagine that's being what a superhero it and it feeling like summer camp. Well. I think, like, you know, it's like Spider-Man in the comics, you know, he goes and saves people and doesn't get paid. It's fine because he's not treated like he's in a military facility. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. weird because they're treating them like soldiers. does stone cold merc people. Yeah, but they're treating him like soldiers. Like, the way they, they associate with the military, the way they, have, they have briefings and stuff like that. I'm not going and, to and a now, fucking briefing for engagement. anything unless I'm getting paid for I don't care who's telling me to show up it's like getting yeah, meeting now, and cool i'm getting paid <laughs> they they have established they established in
1: falcon and winter soldier without really make, call, calling too much attention to it that they have rules of engagement because now they treat superheroes like falcon as representation of american might yeah so basically because they're doing the whole thing where like it's like you can't cross the libyan border yeah or it'll be an international incident it's just like well technically he doesn't work for you anymore so, would it be? But now I guess they're treating superheroes as if, hey, you're basically an American military person. It's just like, can y'all just give them some grub, bro? Just, just give them some food. Just
0: send them home with an MRE. It's okay. Just. How, many, how many films to win that point just doesn't make sense, do you think? How many film or TV shows? I bet by the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, they invade into another country and they still not talk about it. Oh, they've already talked. I don't know if
1: you saw this, but um, they already confirmed that uh madripoor is in falcon winter soldier uh, that that asian country you know you, you've yeah. seen at least
0: one or two of the trailers right yeah i think so maybe
1: oh it, yeah i seen the first
0: it, like yeah yeah the one where they had like, but, during contests. Yeah,
1: contest yeah but like they were like they had shots of like i i thought it was gonna be like shanghai or something yeah um but that's madripoor so oh. they're already starting x-men shit i don't know if that was something that they planned out or if it was something that was like, hey, well, we own the characters now, so we can just call this nondescript Asian location Madripoor. But... Um, that is the yeah, most
0: yeah. Marvel thing that they could do, and I would believe it. I would believe it
1: either way. Um, but,
0: yeah. I'm so I, scorned I thought that, from WandaVision. I'm so I, angry. I,
1: I thought that was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie when I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool that they're bringing Madripoor into it, but it's probably not going to matter. But, uh, you know, I mean, like, the whole the whole thing with them, like, having having, like... You can't cross this line because you're an American and you're a superhero, which means you're, like, the military. It's like, that's something that's probably going to last four movies. That's the thing. Something's
0: going to happen, and they're going yeah. to have, like, a Civil War it, 2. It's, and it's, it's really funny, too, because it's, uh, like, in the comics, that's really important. Like, in the comics, it's like, especially in DC, it's like, oh, we're going to go to Bialy. It's like, we can't go to Bialy. <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we'll send an uh, undercover group. They better stay undercover because it's fucking illegal.
1: (laughs) That's why they have, in DC, that's why they have places like Argus. (laughs) Yeah. They just drop Task Force X into the fucking
0: war zone. Oh my God. Can we just talk about how even in DC's worst film, Suicide Squad, the military doesn't ruin the entire movie like it does for every Marvel property. Suicide Squad's bad, but it doesn't ruin the movie. The movie ruins the movie. The military? No. Yeah, Because like, the writers are on the movie <laughs> yeah yeah 100 task force x sucks. sorry the editors task like force it. x is terrible but like you haven't gotten far up in WandaVision, but like anytime oh, the military sword. is included no, it's such a sword it's just like even with hydra and um ross like, yeah 100 percent. like Especially in the that, incredible hulk who literally just shows up to agitate the situation it's like all the stuff with the military and it's, it's at this point it's like you just shouldn't trust the military. Yeah, it's a joke. Like, even in the real world, you shouldn't trust the military. But it's like, yeah, but, like, you just really shouldn't trust the military when it comes to, like, the Marvel film. It's like, wow, what's so bad? They will do every single thing wrong, and there's just no reason for it. Less so the military,
1: at least from what I've seen in the Marvel, and more so just any government agency that walks up to you. Yeah. Don't trust them. They're trash. I mean, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the stuff with, with sword yet, um, but I mean, just with with shield. Um, yikes, uh, big yikes. But yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of the problem with 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 the MCU. Actually, going back to the whole thing with the the, the um, country lines and all that stuff, is that in general, if something happens that changes the status quo in the MCU, it doesn't last. No,
0: it, it's really something. That or the rules ever. change and they don't tell you
1: yeah and it's like you know you leave you leave at the end of the end of Age of Ultron and and there's the issue now where you know we're in a situation where where Cap I mean not Cap um, Iron Man created a fucking AI that almost wiped out the goddamn world and like yeah then we get to the Sokovia Accords and that's important but by the time Endgame's over it seems like now that you know after Endgame happened the Sokovia Accords don't seem to matter not, not that at least in Falcon and Winter Soldier it shows. Um, and I still reference it. Like when they go walk through the, the museum, you can see the Socorvia Accords, but it, it's not something that it feels like ultimately going forward is going to matter, considering that they're going to go to four <laughs> and, and go after people and, and fight them in the streets and shit. So I don't think it's going to matter. It's just ultimately, it just it's the
0: sucks. Thing, the whole thing with the blip, it only lasted a movie. The, the problem like, is you feel like nothing has a consequence. And like, regardless of, you know, we don't like BBS. We think killing Superman sucks, but even in you know Whedon's Justice League, like that death ma- like that consequence is what follows through with the next film. They have to resurrect him. The entire film focuses on the consequence of losing Superman, so it transfers over. The problem it says, with- a, lot, a lot of the,
1: a lot of the, the whole like it's something that really matters in the movie is' manufactured. But yeah, yeah, the whole, like, I, I'm just, the whole like the world, the world giving a shit about Superman. Like literally 15 minutes before he died, they all hated him. So like,
0: oh no, I I, I totally agree with that. But whatever. I'm just saying the fact of losing Superman does matter. It matters for the league. back. Yeah, and yeah. it's like they have to bring him back. That that transaction from the second film makes the third one have weight to it for trying to bring him back.
1: That's the thing I'm actually looking forward to the most about Snyder Cut when we watch it tomorrow is hearing about like all the stuff with Batman. Not hearing all about it, but like knowing hearing people talk generally about things and how like they actually sell you on the whole like his desire to 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 bring Superman back, yeah, his desire and his, how he's changed since Superman died. It's like because mm. none of that's really there in in the Whedon cut. Like no, just, he just says like
0: fucked up. I, yeah. I, fucked up. I
1: failed him. I failed him in life. I ain't gonna fail him yeah. in death. It's just like Yeah, I yeah, mean like he's more human than me. Fuck this shit. Bring him back to life. Mom yeah. gang. Fuck yeah. well, fuck you, Diana. You still want your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most cringiest exchanges in that fucking movie. Yeah. Where he where he just he's like, Yeah, you're just whiny, you're just being a whiny bitch because your fucking boyfriend dies. Fuck you. Dude,
0: we don't fuck with misogynism here, okay? Yeah. We respect fuck. women. Yeah, I I'm just excited to watch it so I can stop seeing something ruined every hour. Even like how much, how much is it gonna spoil for you? Because I only saw man, it two I've days. seen so much shit. Like I see designs of character, like, you know, Martian Manhunter's in it. Oh, yeah. I, and I know what he looks but, like, too. Yeah, but that sucks, man. Uh, but like, I knew, I but I knew that a while ago, though, because Zack Snyder revealed that a long time ago. I know, but like, I just I hate knew about that seeing... a while ago. I mean, I know, maybe sir. you didn't I don't... know that. I feel bad I, for you I not, don't... for not know Well, that. it doesn't matter, dude. I go to a fucking comic shop. They had the goddamn Jim Lee cover with the design of Martian Manhunter as one of the covers for Justice League. Oh, it, I haven't seen that. It, yeah, well, cool. fucking thanks, Jim. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's a great, comic. you know, uh, I, I remember, I remember on a stream, it, it might have been for DC fandom or something, but he showed yeah. like, a picture. I remember that. Like I was, that that yeah. didn't bother me too much. No, um, I, I. But know there's certain cameos I've seen that I wish
0: I didn't see. I know a lot of cameos coming back, uh, or cameos of characters showing up, and oh, it's just it just pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. Got a good actor I for him. He, I, I'm happy for the actor. I, I saw that one too.
1: It's yeah, that's just... cool, dude. I mean, the character's there. I don't know if the superhero's there, but the characters there.
0: No superhero's not there. I'm pretty sure. I, I've only seen. It,
1: I would have seen the costume if. I know. If, I know Snyder was saying that he really wants to make or produce a movie with that character with that actor. I. Well, I mean. I don't
0: want him. If if, if they were gonna do it, I don't uh, want him dude. to
1: direct it. I would like an agent. Yeah,
0: character. that's. I don't want to be rude and say like, yeah, I want that, but I don't want him like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, wanna, so, I want I would like an Asian director. To do
0: that. I'm not gonna say any i Am not gonna say any details? But in the past few days, my respect for Scott uh, Zach Snyder's gone up quite a bit. Yeah. For,
1: yeah. So oh, did you see? Did you see? I mean, like, it's not a spoiler. It's in one of the trailers. But the, did you did you hear about the Joker Batman scene? I've heard it's good. I I, heard it's really I, I've good. Heard, I've heard. Um, I know the Batman f bomb now.
0: Oh, I did actually hear that. That was a joke. So That's, now it's not.
1: No, I, I liked
0: it. I actually oh, like it? it.
1: In context, I, yeah. the sound like I mean I I haven't heard it actually said. Yeah. But the the manner in which it's you know the whole like you know like okay. make, make no mistake I will fucking kill you. Yeah. Just it feels like he's like I remember what you did. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that that hits me because I was I was afraid it was gonna be like a uh, Batman v Superman where he says oh shit it's be like. Like a pair of demons falling down. I'd be like, oh, fuck, or something yeah. stupid like that. I would have been so angry. It's just like, that's just lazy. It's just it, 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 There's nothing that adds to nothing. It doesn't add emphasis to anything. Like, profanity is, you know, somebody should should yell this in, in Rob Zombie's ear as, as loud as they can, but profanity is not a personality trait. Um,
0: and I you know, like I'm profanity for comedic reasons for some things. But I don't usually like it for intense reasons. I think if you usually swear, it will almost ruin the intensity because it'll just be like, I don't take it seriously then. It almost sounds brash. But I think when someone's like using like an F-bomb or whatever as like a joke, I I think it can enhance it depending on the type of caliber or the the type of joke, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I'm a profane person, so it's not like it bothers me to hear profanity. It's
1: just that like you can tell when a director was just like, this is edgy. So, yeah, uh, yeah. When people just start swearing for no reason, it's just
0: well, that's why you could have a serious scene and it becomes a joke because of profanity. Everyone yeah. shits on the Titan scene because fuck Robin Batman, goes yeah. fuck Batman. And everyone's like, I know people actually wouldn't watch the show because of that absolute trailer, and it's like, damn. I didn't want to. Yeah, but I did. I still watch it. It's funny, you know, like because a lot of people are like, oh, Dick wanna do. I don't know, man. If you read the comics of the 90s, he, he pretty much says fuck Batman without saying fuck Batman in a lot of panels. But
1: Yeah, but I think I'll, I'll also argue though that... It's just the way it's the, framed. It's stupid. But I'll, yeah. I'll also
0: say that the saying it without saying it is why it works better. I know, but I mean like, if it was Arguing. an R-rated, if it was an, an M-rated medium though, he would just say Hey, eh, fuck you, Bruce. It would yeah. be stupid, you know that's what that's what we've we've always talked about how restrictions can make something better a lot of the time yeah you know i mean sometimes when you see a bunch of these superheroes go through a bunch of crazy things and they don't even say damn you're just like all right dude i don't know i don't know why you're you're not saying anything someone steps on my leg i'm 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 throwing out a few words that shouldn't be heard by someone's son but you know that's
1: why i say like like i'll say like they don't
0: do it they don't do it perfectly
1: all the time but there's a couple of moments of profanity in the mcu that actually work for me yeah Moments, moments like when, when you know, like, you get all, all the way, like it, it's a play off a dumb fucking joke, but the, um, the whole language thing in Age of Ultron. When you get to the end and Cap says, "Son of a bitch," and so like, man, this fucking potty mouth over here, it's like, okay, that actually works.
0: Do you know but, how funny it would be if someone broke Captain America's arm and he goes, at the top of his lungs, "Gee golly," because <laughs> he just doesn't swear. Yeah, I would. I'm not gonna or, lie. I, w- I would like, pay for that. I would or pay like for that. Someone stabs him in the back of the cafe. And goes, whoopsie daisy. Like, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's my cap.
1: That's yeah, Superman. Yeah. Imagine that. Get stabbed with a kryptonite knife. He's like, ah oh, dang, oh dang, that it. Oh golly. That'd be the best, oh. man. I uh, that would be actually. I'm not gonna lie. I would I would probably screech.
0: Oh dude. But imagine you had Ben Affleck's freaking dark Batman voice, and like when he figures out a clue, he goes, "Gee Willikers." <laughs> These movies suck now because it's not in them. Stop having films be so serious. Just, just cast, it's, uh,
1: just cast uh, Christopher Reeves Batman, <laughs> essentially. Christopher Reeves. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the tough now, but,
1: ask, man. It's a little tough now,
0: but um, yeah, yikes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I, we're getting off track, doing a lot of shitting on comic book films, but it's just the biggest thing. Like, it's, it's funny considering how much them. I enjoy them. Yeah, like I always talk to you about it, and like you always have a lot more excitement for them, and like I always come off as jaded, as like Is this, who cares, man? Or it's like same old shit, and it's like I sound like such a pessimist, but it's more like there are comic book films I love, even newer ones. Like you know, I love Shazam. You know, I like Aquaman a <laughs> lot it's tough to get excited when you feel like you're just getting a bare minimum or like it can only go so far. I would love to see something come out where I'm like, this is awesome. I remember when WandaVision was coming out, I said to you like, dude, you should watch it. Like I'm, I'm having a great time. That's probably the first property for a comic book film in a long time where I'm telling you, you should watch this. I'm having fun. You know, I, of course I was let down, (laughs) you know, Oh, well, oh because boy. I
1: because, because I decided I was gonna try to watch WandaVision, I think you should try to watch Superman Lois.
0: I will probably try to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm
1: I'm not gonna lie, man. There's absolutely no reason why I I, I just don't understand
0: how I enjoy the show so much. It's just it, I don't know how this this is a CW television. See, show. I've been I've so. been reading a lot of the Rebirth Superman series though, with him being a dad to John, and watching this show with. Such a varied dynamic will probably be so jarring to me though, because there's two sons and yeah. John isn't John at all. No, so it'll be but weird, but I'm, it, it I still want to
1: check it out. It is interesting, but it's just it's really fun. It, I, I think I remember I think I think I said this on like Twitter or something, but it's like it is everything that I want in a Superman show because you get all the 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 Superman action stuff, but you get so much cool sweet character moments and you know i've always you know I, I went from finding the character of superman boring to really truly adoring the character um and a lot of that's come from a i saw man of steel and loved man of steel um but also you and i talking about the character because i remember, I remember there was a time where i vehemently just did not care about the character and we talked about it a lot and then now it's like uh, one of my favorite Superheroes, and one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite superheroes is because, yes, the Superman stuff is really cool—him flying around, fighting aliens, and and, and all that stuff It's really cool. But what what really sells me on the character is the human interactions that he has with Lois, or him in this, particularly in the show, him having to adopt what he learned from his fathers and applying it to his own sons. But instead of him being a normal human being, he also has to contend with mixing that up with being Superman. And it adds this completely different dynamic that we haven't really seen from Superman, especially obviously in live action, in live action, but you get the best of both worlds of a fun superhero, uh, Superman show and like Smallville kind of like some teen drama, but I think way better written than, than Smallville's yeah. um, dealing with, with tougher themes like teen suicide and, and mental illness that, I think it, it's just it's this weird cocktail of a show that's just like it is everything I wanted it to be that I didn't know I wanted it to be. It's it's just a really good show, and I can't believe that that is part of the Arrowverse because it looks nothing like it feels nothing like it. it feels like you're
0: watching human beings, which is not I hear, uh, the usual. I hear a lot of that too for shows like uh, Star Girl, and yes, yeah, Star Girl was not initially supposed to be on the CW, but you I still know, don't watch Star Yeah, well. My favorite show for a comic book adaptation right now has been Doom Patrol. And like, I thought, cause everything we've said all goes just full round circle to it comes down to the character. And not just like, oh, it's a cool character but because you get emotionally attacked, attached to the character because they're relatable, they feel human. You feel their faults and you know, that means every time when they get brought down, you feel that. And the same thing, you know, when they hit a new high you get that excitement. You feel like you're there with the journey. You feel part of it because you feel like you can relate to it. So whenever you have these characters feel like they're going through an emotional roller coaster, you get that too. I'm not saying Smallville is the best written show in the world. It can't be. It's on the CW. (laughs) But there's scenes and I'm not one to get teary-eyed over like a lot of like television shows or, or movies, but like there's so many scenes that happen in there where I'm like, oh my God. I'm about to just fucking pour. I'm yeah. gonna look like a fountain over here. Like the episode with with the dad, where you know, like Clark changes his decision. That episode's yeah. oh heartbreaking. Like the episode's awesome.
1: That was one's like it felt like I was watching a different show. Not in a negative way because it's not like it's not like the rest of the season was terrible or anything. It's just, just
0: the tone's so radically different. It, yeah. It's just it's it's
1: it. Like that's one of those shows where it was, it was created and ran through the era of television where it was monster of the week, monster of the week, monster of the week. And having an episode like that, like the monster of the week shows, those episodes are fun. Like my favorite television shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is literally the definition of monster of the week. And then at the last like five episodes, we decide to have a story. Um, And that's fine. But having like, like monster of the week episodes are not typically like the most amazingly written things. Like they're, 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 to be self-contained episodes to entertain people while they get to the plot and having that, that episode stuck in amongst all the monster of the week episodes being as well written and acted as it is, especially because they're like for a while, like Tom Welling was good in the show, but like, I was never saying like, he's a great actor, but he was awesome in that episode. Like really good. I mean, like the, the like different episode, but like the third, ep- the, the, in the third season, the third season of small is awful. We we yeah. both are like it is
0: yeah it's my least wow, favorite season.
1: Yeah. Wow, bad. But one of my favorite episodes of the entire series is in season three, and that's um, shattered, with Lex being, uh, being like acting like, like people making him feel like he's crazy, and there's some some absolutely jaw dropping emotional moments in that episode, and that episode is so good, and it makes it even even more confusing considering
0: how bad that season is, that that episode just, boop pops up. It, it's so funny to think of because like I think we have to. From the perspective, we have to be at least a little jaded that like Smallville is our, ironically, it's our arrow because a a lot of people like who have grown up watching Smallville on a weekly basis, and that's why a lot of people after like after season four, I can't get into it. We didn't have that problem because we binged it. You know, we we could just be like, all right, go 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 go. So I'm not gonna sit here and say Smallville's it stands the testament of time, but like I'm having fun every season except for three. I, I couldn't even tell you why I hate season 3 a lot but I just remember being like, fucking hate it don't want to talk about it. The only thing that stands out was I hate Ian Somerhalder's character so much. Yeah. I hate that piece of shit so much. I was like you know what, I don't care how tall he is in real life, I bet I could kick his ass. I want to I, I deserve to. I'll train yeah. for it. Because they have almost the same fucking character next season with um, an Ackles. Ackles and he's way more likable <laughs>
1: He's way more entertaining, and his his yeah. like his heel turn is way better executed and yeah. less telegraphic, 100%. telegraphic. Because they actually took time to make him a semi interesting yeah, character. Also,
0: Ian somewhat looked like a dickhead, but whatever.
1: But yeah, I like, like I haven't watched his his big his big claim to fame yeah. show Vampire Diaries. I don't care to watch it. I, I
0: just mean on so, the sh- on Smallville, especially like he just looks like an asshole. Like, he
1: looks like an asshole. He's not written with any depth. He's just kind of a prick
0: yeah um
1: so it's just like you just don't like him you just don't like him so like when when all the stuff that, that happens with him and honestly i can't remember what happened with him for the most part just because i don't want to think about that season the, it's just not good
0: it's the only thing that stands out for to me honestly besides the episode of lex because that episode's great but i just i remember because it's like oh yeah i'm the you know lana's injured and i'm her her like uh personal physical trainer, therapist. and a yeah, physical therapist, and I'm going to make things better. And it's like, oh, yeah. You know, he's taking care of someone who has an injury and flirting with them, which is really unprofessional and creepy, and I hate him. But, oh, she's happy or whatever. And the first time he meets Clark, he's like, ah, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to fucking take her. And it's like, all right, I already didn't like him, but, like, I think he has to die now? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah.
1: It's just that's it's such a weird show because it's like, for every, I wouldn't actually I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far but it's it almost feels like for every like peak they have like five valleys.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. At well, least at nice. least
1: for at least for like a, a valley episode, um, season three is just a valley season with one little peak. Um, yeah.
0: But... I think it's I think it's funny because you know I wonder if watching it binging Arrow or CW shows would be different now but. I could honestly say I don't think so because I think I remember rewatching some of the shows and just still being... Season 3 through and through, just even binging it would just be such a huge disappointment. Of like, Arrow? Yeah,
1: 100%. Y- yeah. Well, but, see, that's kind of a weird thing about, about Arrow. is like
0: um, I can easily binge seasons 1 and 2 because they're both really good shows. I like they're season 1. I have a lot of problems with season 2 that is because of my bias. You know? Yeah. That's, I, I, that's I, love season,
1: I love season 2 mostly because Green Arrow... It, he's moving for like closer to that version of the character from the comics. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching what I'm looking for. Cause like for the first season, I got past a lot of the stuff. That they changed. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have been expecting anything. Uh, hey, I hadn't seen Smallville yet. So I didn't know that CW has a bad season three problem. Yeah. Like, like they, they're, they're progressing the character to the point. Cause in the first season, he's got his PTSD and he's, he's killing people left and right, but he's, they may make it understandable whereas in season two he has his oath to not kill anybody anymore and he's like yeah I'm, I'm gonna be a good hero now and all that she gets his mask and all that um and then season three he's just like nah i'm good and then he goes back to killing people so i do the same and, thing hell i don't even mind the first half of the season i mean there's issue. i have issues with the first half of season three um up until the mid season finale, when you hit mid season finale and he gets stabbed and he gets kicked off the cliff, um, and that's how they end the season for like I wish three the end of the leaves. show like that. Well, it's like I'm <laughs> sitting there, I'm like, I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for arrow to, to restart again because <laughs> yeah. to me, the show that came back after that was not the same show, and yeah. because of that, like that whole back half of the season was such a mess. I don't, don't know what me. it know, leaves him
0: literally five minutes later, mm-hmm. shoots, shoots an arrow into the moon and flies away. Well. My favorite thing that I've said before is just that in season three, everybody in the League of Assassins who know him call him Ra Ghoul. Everybody there that knows him directly calls him Ra Ghoul. Oliver is persistent onto his face calling him Raz. That makes him a confirmed racist. There's no way around it. Like it, that it that does, is it, so it, fucked
1: it, up. It does, except for the
0: fact that they chose to cast a white guy as fucking race out. So I, I can't get over <laughs> a that. A white like, British man. Like, Again. Christopher, that's the thing, like, Christopher Nolan, it's like, all right. Oh, sorry, man, sorry.
1: It, white Irish man. White Irish man. Like
0: Christopher Nolan, it's like, all right, man, you know, whatever. You're Christopher Nolan. You're a fucking racist. It's Liam phenomenal He's director. a great actor. Like, we'll give you leeway. People don't care about races yet because we're still super racist in Hollywood. Fine. But, like, That's real. Yeah, I know they they still don't, but like they try to act like they do. It's all about faking it. But but, oh my god, for the CW, it's like it's intentional. Oh fuck! Uh, It's it's so bad. It's just bad because like the CW is my idea of what it means to be corporate and try to act like you care about people, and then it's just like, no, we don't. Like we're trying to say like, yeah, we're pushing all these different characters and agendas. We're trying to push like the LGBTQ. And it's like, that's awesome, man. I want more LGBTQ characters. I still know you casted a white guy as racial Ghoul and you don't care. I know you're just trying to say, we care about our black characters. Dude, I know about that episode with black lightning that you guys just did recently. You oh don't my really god. care Oh my god.
1: Dude, I told my I told I told my girlfriend about that. And she just looked at me. She's like, no, no way. They didn't do that because I was confused when I started watching it, and they started like recreating that.
0: Yeah, because um, I didn't know I was, it was supposed was to thinking, be that exact you know, event, and
1: I was like, oh my I, I thought it god. wasn't like an homage. Like an homage that was really weird, but like yeah. it sounded like they were like creating the same event, but with a like like not it, the same. Pe- it wasn't a I literal thought. adaptation of yeah. events. And then they started showing actual footage of the rallies, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, that is supposed to be Brianna Taylor. The, I'm like, oh the, my fucking
0: the, the, god. The worst part. Cause it's like you know, if Black Lightning was real, she wouldn't have died. And it's like, it was like that's your wow. fucking message. That's your met. Wow, wow. It's got nothing to do with systemic racism. It's just we need Black Lightning. Okay, cool. No. Okay, cool. And, and also,
1: you're telling you're telling me that within that universe, Brianna Taylor lives. I'm sure that's a comfort. Like that's that's fucked up. It, it's that's just like Dude, it's such misguided imagine, writing.
0: Imagine like, being like the parents, and you're watching that episode. How the fuck could you get through the rest of your day? Like, I can't believe they just did that. I can't believe it. I don't understand what was going through. Their That's house. so disrespectful. It's ridiculous. And it's
1: like they obviously. But they care. Don't, they said they care, dude. They obviously don't say her name for a reason, or or his name for a reason. Yeah. So um, because I, I can't imagine that Ooh. the the family. I can't imagine that the family was like, "Yeah, go ahead and do that."
0: Yeah, there's no way. I mean, I mean, there's hey, no way. I, I
1: might be wrong. Who fucking knows? Yeah,
0: we're definitely I, insinuating I know them. You know, I didn't but fact like, check. I it. can't.
1: I can't picture that. No. Um, and maybe I'm maybe I'm not the right person to, to be upset about this. Oh, just no, like, no, no, no. I'll, fr- from, I, a writing, not... from a writing, from from a writing perspective, and from like just just watching television, just like. That is such a bad message. It's just like, well, if
0: if we lived in this world, everything would be okay. It's just like, yeah, that's. Well, that's why a lot of people like Alan Moore said before how, like, I don't think this opinion is true, but it's like, you know, I don't think it's, it's um, unfair. Like, I don't like superhero content because I don't think it's wise for people to feel like they have to wait for someone to save them. And it's like, hey, dude. The reason I like these characters is because they make me want to save people, not because I want to be saved by one of them. It makes me want to be a better person, not have a better person save me. And the whole point is getting inspiration and motivation and saying, I'm taking the core aspects of what I find important and I'm using that in my life. So I don't think that's a fair argument. I can see where he's coming from. I wouldn't invalidate that. There's definitely some truth to that statement. The problem is, the show like that message in black lightning is pushing that message that that entire sequence is saying a superhero should save you if there was a superhero you wouldn't have these problems and that's bad that denounces what it means to be a hero the whole point is anybody can be a hero in i don't know that really like you said we're not the people to talk about it and i'm not gonna sit here on a high horse being like oh this is blah 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 but it just i just find it super disrespectful and i think it it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> it's just a weird scene. It's yeah. just a really weird scene, and I
1: think that if you, it's it wouldn't just, be nearly, it's also it wouldn't just be like, nearly as bad if 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 they just took it, they created a different scenario. I just and it wasn't I, so obviously supposed to be literally that. Yeah, if it well, was a because di- because it's not like the whole show deals with that situation. I understand yeah. the whole like deals with 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 police brutality and all that stuff. Yeah. Towards. And it should. So yeah. it's like, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. But like connecting it to that and and, and, and showcasing it like because I only saw the clip, I didn't see the whole episode. It's just just it's just so weird and tone deaf. And it feels like like you said, like it feels like it's telling people, well, if if this f- fictional character was was real, you're they'd be, alive. be like,
0: what? And that's what just what kind of message is that? My, it's my, just like, oh, well, fuck
1: you, Black Lightning doesn't exist. And, it's and like, my,
0: what? My biggest thing is that they sit there in the house, like, this is, uh, this is what we're trying to get across. This is us. We're pushing for more. And it's like, dude, you're doing this for to look good in front of other people. You don't really care. And I hate that it's disingenuous because I know you're the same people that made every racist Asian stereotype in every episode of Era where you bring up an Asian person. So don't sit here like, we're pushing, we're pushing for the future. He's going to go to China and just deal with all these Chinese fucking smugglers that only do drugs and also, you no know, martial arts, no martial arts and also talk about, you know, if you do this with your chakras, you can fix your spine. Like, okay, thank God. I'll, I'll have my grandmother fix my back next time I do some squats and I fuck it up. No, hey, I'm sure my grandma mind. knows something. She's not going to yell at me in Indonesian. She's just going to fix my fucking spine. I, I gotta
1: give Arrow season three credit for one thing. They have a better version of Katana than the DC universe does right now. Oh, boy. low bar. Low yeah. Bar. But yeah, they, they got that at least.
0: Stereotyping is awesome. Yeah.
1: I more so mean she's at least, she at least has character.
0: Yeah. Also, just a stereotype. And Katana True. is a stereotypical ter- like character, like for a lot of the baseline of like the origin and stuff, but you can. Make her fucking character, man. But also, every character has a fucking stereotype in Suicide Squad. And like, it almost feels like the movie's racist when you think about it, with how characters are portrayed. Like, yeah, the shit they do with Killer Croc almost feels like a white person be like, dude, this is really funny. This is super funny, and everyone's like, you shouldn't do that. It's like, no, dude. It's like, yeah. It's like, really, man. So, there's some of the some of the choices that they make in that movie are
1: so bizarre. And even getting away from getting away from any of the Rachel stuff is just like, there's just no. Everybody is literally, they're they're condensed to their their character card.
0: Yeah. So, that's my big problem is with like, a lot of characters feel like not just stereotypes, but they just feel like they re- represent one thing. They took a box. Yeah. Like these movies are playing out like how I picture crossovers in comic books because when there's a crossover you get a few moments of a character and they show what you would synonymize with the character from that writer's perspective because they only have two three panels so what are you going to get across you can't get across oh this character's in three panels oh I'm going to do a super in-depth monologue no that doesn't happen it's a small snippet the problem is these are two hour long films. It shouldn't. It shouldn't feel like that. Yeah, that two hour long film, and Katana says, I think two sentences. That's pretty bad.
1: She says more than that. It's just that none of, none of what she says is of any substance. She and she doesn't do anything. Yeah, she's just, she's just there to fight with the katana. She has no character.
0: Most of them don't. Even I mean, Killer Croc doesn't have a character. The, no. only, the only characters in the film are Deadshot, Harley Quinn. Boomerang and El Diablo.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, Um, there's they 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 give like a teeny teeny, tiny bit the flag, but his his
0: whole character arc is I want my my girlfriend back. Yeah, that's it. It's funny because he's supposed to be like the soldier, and it's like you're a shitty soldier. (laughs) Like it because flag is he's a fucking straight like on like don't fuck with the mission like if you fuck with the mission i'll kick your ass she she won't blow up your head i'll just beat the shit out of you and you wish you died and it's like and and he tried they
1: they try to do that earlier on but once the cat's out of the bag
0: yeah it's so weird it's like like mission comes first it's like dude
1: like he's like i want my girlfriend back I miss
0: my baby Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's terrible. Um, I get it. i love my girlfriend, too, but... <laughs> I do, just. It's I'm just, like, like... It's just weird. And
1: bad. Also has a really inconsistent southern accent. Same. It's a small thing, but him just going... He's, he's got, like, a southern accent in one scene and then doesn't have one in another one, and then it goes back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. It's really, really irritating, actually, while watching the movie. It just takes yeah. me
0: out of the movie. It's just like, my it's God, right. can you just nail your accent, bro? Yeah, <laughs> like, they... There's an end-all, be-all to solutions like that, man. You just don't watch the fucking movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, haven't, I hadn't seen it since 2016, and I'm just like, I know I don't like it, but I, I want to be able to articulate why I don't like it. Yeah.
0: And it's funny. Like,
1: now, now I can articulate why I don't like it, but that meant I had to sit through two hours and 15 minutes of the extended cut
0: and say, god damn, this is really bad. So I don't say I waver on a lot of opinions, but Suicide Squad was one where, like, I remember when I left the theater, I had fun with it because we went with a big group of people and it was fun.
1: Yeah, and I, think I was that. like,
0: I was like, yeah, I just like some of the characters in it, and like I remember talking to one of our buddies saying, like, I like Suicide Squad better than Guardians because I just like the characters more, and like that bar scene, I liked better than most of the scenes in Guardians. And it's like nowadays, it's like it's acidine to think it's a better film because it's not. And I even do... after after rewatching that
1: scene, it's not even that good. Yeah, I'm sure. I also just well, saw just the like movie. They, they, after for, week. they force, yeah. they force a family dynamic. They're like, "Oh, well, well, you're my family now." It's like y'all literally just hit yeah.
0: two shots with each other and decide you're family now. So, and like, I will say, I still like, I like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. I still don't love some of the characters. Like, I still find some of them to be very shallow, bland characters. But you know, it's still a much better movie than, than Suicide Squad. It still leaks better.
1: It has but, a heart. Yeah. So. That's the other thing with, with Suicide Squad. Is like, I really I really do wonder how, what the air cut looks like, and from all intents and purposes, it seems like that's one that
0: like tomorrow they could say, hey, we're going to put it out. Yeah, maybe they'll do um, it and then he'll get a four-hour version. they will be totally not what he was going to put in theaters, but he'll just put a shit ton more on like the Zack Snyder cut. I, think whatever I don't care what anyone says, dude. This is not what's going to be released in theaters. There's no fucking way. No, I think it would have been three hours if he had yes. a way. Um, that's an entire hour more it's like...
1: From, from what I understand, though, they're like, I liked watching the entire four hours, but you could
0: cut an hour out of this and it'd be fine. Yeah, so, and like, I think we'll that's why Justice League's really a cool thing, because it's like, they really, he really benefited more than anyone possibly could on the fact they fucked up. It's like, they made a movie that is Frankenstein together. It doesn't work. You can have fun with it, but it's just not, a, it's barely a movie. People didn't like it. You have a rabid enough almost just downright horrendous fan base that just attacks people constantly for their opinions on his films regardless if you like him or not like just don't be a dick just in any films or anything you like just don't be an asshole about it but they're 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 a lot and it's cider cider, Snyder Cut Snyder Cut where they're like you know fuck it we'll let him do his film and because of all this bullshitting that happened to it they're like just do everything you want. I don't care. Just do everything. He's like, everything. Because of how bad they handled the film in the first place, he got exactly what he wanted. And I don't think most, like, even if he was going to make a film, in, in you know, the the events that happened that caused him to drop out, which are horrendous, you know, if that didn't happen, or, or WB didn't screw him over, and Whedon didn't come on board, there still would have been some corporate like this would have been some corporate like hey don't forget put this into or try to have this as well yeah there's nothing well, in there as far as i've heard so far
1: i think they said that um when he initially turned in his his edit back in 2017 or whatever mm-hmm. um it was about four hours so who knows um how much of it was his how much he changed but you know like when you turn a first edit in a movie that ain't usually the one that goes. You know, like some no. some directors, they get final cut, they can do whatever they want. But um, that movie wasn't gonna be four hours. It was
0: gonna be yeah, hundred percent. That's why I'm saying it's awesome that he is getting this, but yeah. nobody else would be that lucky in and, most and it was situations. Kinda,
1: yeah, it was kind of cool too because I was I was watching um, Chris Stockman's review of the film today, and he was actually he brought up a really good point that um, the Snyder cut coming out and possibly being successful.
0: It looks like it's very successful. I heard it HBO Max's subscriber door. limit went up more for this film, way more than Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, it, it, it went through the roof and um, it also crashed the site or the, the app. Um, um, the cool thing about this is that apparently, like uh, the guy, what, what Stuckman had said was like, this being successful opens the world up to um, streaming services like green lighting and long form projects that maybe they wouldn't have before. You know, like a, a, a director might have a really cool idea for like a four-hour movie. Before, maybe Netflix wouldn't have greenlit it. Maybe Hulu wouldn't have greenlit it. But now that Zack Snyder's Justice League has come out, there's a possibility that you might see um, creators be unshackled and allowed to do what they want to do. Um, I think that's cool. I mean, like, we, we saw that with stuff like... um. Something we need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. With stuff like uh, The Hateful Eight. They released um, the extended version of that, and that's like four yeah. hours or something. And that just got released on Netflix because they just broke it up into four episodes. Can't do that in a movie theater. Yeah. I mean, it could. It would be really weird. Yeah, they were going to release that movie four hours in theaters. So that's cool that, that people can do that. But the only reason why that got done in the first place is because it was Quentin Tarantino. 100%. Yeah. He could do whatever he fucking wants. He's probably going to do that with other movies, too um i'm sure he has plenty that was probably i'm sure he had something on the cutting room floor he, maybe he'll do an extended version of uh, once upon a time in hollywood who
0: knows uh, lucky that'd be pretty sick <laughs> i'd be down I, I'd, I'd watch another six hours with those characters that's the thing any more screen time with leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt is just it's gold you're winning you're just winning yeah. at that point but yeah
1: i think that's a really cool idea that possibly this is something that could like was creativity for for projects that happen because like that's kind of the cool thing about streaming as much as i don't really like streaming sometimes um it does really allow you to 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 do some out of the box kind of things if you want to you know we had that um what's it called um black mirror did yeah, their like yeah. uh they like uh choose your own adventure thing and like i from my i understand it didn't really work out the way that they wanted it to but they tried yeah it, it was so something what, that was what's different. more
0: important to film than innovation or trying something new you know Exactly. You can't always get it right the first time, but at least you tried. Yeah, it's something different, and like yeah, like n- not not everything that's new is gonna work, but it's better than doing the same thing over and over and over again. So that's that's kind of the whole thing, man. As we've been talking about, it's like it's you get so sick of getting the same shit over and over and over again. You want something new, and that's that's all I've been asking for out of comic book films, and that's hopefully what we're getting now. Zack Snyder's Justice League might be the step forward that we really do need. And, like, you and I have been very skeptical about the film being released. It had our questions a lot, oh, If you asked me half a year ago who would be having this conversation, I don't I, no way. I would have thought that we would been. Oh, I, yeah, 100%. I was very much like, I don't care. I don't expect much of it. I don't want it. But here it is, and maybe it's making the changes that we all need. I mean, I almost wish it doesn't because I don't think the fan base deserves a good movie. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> I'm glad he got to give out what he wanted to and he's getting the reception that I feel like he deserves for the love and passion he put into it. That's really cool. Because yeah. regardless if you like him or not, he's a passionate filmmaker and that's what you should see more of in Hollywood. I agree. So. It, it, it's something, you know, I, I criticize,
1: I can criticize Zack Snyder all day. I mean, like he's made some movies I really love, like Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, movies I really respect, like um, Watchmen even if it's not like my favorite comic book movie and I don't think it's like the greatest adaptation of the comic, as a movie, it's entertaining. And, and it's, it's got some some sh- just amazing visuals. But, you know, he's got a, a lot of issues as a director. But he's an undeniably creative man. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of ideas. He just needs to focus them sometimes. But I'm just glad all four hours of this movie got, re- get, got released just because especially after seeing the theatrical version of justice league, it's a movie that Barely, merely exists. Yeah. And it's a movie that you can feel was torn a bunch of different directions at once. And for better or for worse, Zack Snyder's justice league is going to definitely be a Zack Snyder movie. It's definitely going to be his movie. And, and that's what matters. Yes. And in filmmaking is a create is, is a collaborative art. And, you can't always just give complete creative control to the creatives because some, some creatives will just run wild. Yeah. Um, and and limitations
0: and are sometimes reasons. good.
1: Yes. And,
0: and no matter what,
1: like I'm not going to sit here and say that, Oh, no executive should ever give a, a creative notes. Cause that's dumb. Cause they're also out there to make money. And Editorial is there
0: for a Sometimes I'd say most yeah. of the time, and you'd be surprised what people could do with free range. So yeah. it's there for, for a reason. And same reason when some people's writing, some people are writing books. Like having the editor there, just asking questions, being like, "Oh, you sure you want to put this in that in that page? You sure you want to have this on there?" It's like it's always good to have someone just proofread or just double check or say like, "Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea." It's fine.
1: Yeah. The collaborative art form of film. A great example of why you need collaboration in movies is the prequels. Yeah. And and you know like that's a movie that was that was completely just. George Lucas said, and that's what they did. Yeah, and I love George Lucas, and he created Star Wars, which is one of the greatest franchises ever created. And um, even the ideas in the prequels are, are really imaginative and cool, some of them. But ultimately, not enough people said, "No, George,
0: we probably shouldn't do that." Yeah, and we got what we got. It's so all about so, finding a sweet spot. You don't want to feel like you're having a corporation mass produce things, but at the same time, you don't want to feel like you're having, you know. The director almost having super free range, and not having any questions asked, just having yes men being like, go for it, go for it, go for it. But um, even so, like getting, getting Justice League is going to be hopefully a step in the right direction. You and I have been getting sick and tired of having the same old disabled given to us. Nothing's pushing new boundaries. And it's annoying to feel like people can look on the medium of comics as a lesser medium when it comes to storytelling. And you know it's bullshit, and it's tough for people to to bridge that gap, but it's annoying to see it happen again for films, feeling like these characters are not going to be taken seriously when you know it can be taken seriously, and that's what I want. So hopefully that's what we get. I think that's pretty much a good note to end it on. Yeah. All right. So thanks a lot for being here, helping me, and talking me out some good subjects and not-so-good subjects. (laughs) Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go watch my fourth viewing of the Tom and Jerry movie. I Maybe it'll maybe it'll accidentally be the Snyder cut like that first time. Yeah, hopefully. No, because then I don't get Colin Yost. Uh, <laughs> okay. Alright, peace man. Peace. <laughs> oh god damn it, son, was that shit tied or what? I hope you had a fun time, because I sure as hell did. Check out the next few episodes and woo-hoo! Tell me what to think.